to Max's house. All right, let me get the notes out, because I've prepared something. Yeah. 20 years ago, my guest today had an album which sold over 250,000 copies around the UK and Europe. For my online research, he's been DJing since I was born. He's had a Boiler Room documentary about him and his involvement in taking Garage to Napa. And as of today, he's one of the UK biggest underground house promoters. Ladies and gentlemen, hashtag 03, Max's house. This is DJ S. Hey, hey! hey bo, 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 bo. Great to be here. How was that intro? Yeah, too bad. Too bad. Correct about everything? Yeah, oh, underground house promoter and DJ. And DJ, <laughs> of course. S, it only makes sense to start at the beginning. Mm. I want to know your first memory of uh, finding a vinyl or a tune that made you want to think you want to be a DJ. Um, so, I mean, the first, I could say the first tune I bought. Okay. Vinyl. Yeah. Um, but nothing to do with becoming a DJ though. <laughs> yeah, first tune I bought okay. on a vinyl, the seven inch. Mm -hmm. It was uh, Madness, Baggy Trousers. Yeah, I know. Yeah, baggy song. Trousers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that was the first one. <laughs> I made my mum buy that for me <laughs> in, in Woolworths. Uh, oh, I for Woolworths. me, it was... It was like tracks like I remember buying um, there's a few like I mean Dion come get my love in I mean mm. th these are old eighty eight acid house tracks that yes was, um, well, I'm just trying to remember the names of them to mm. be fair like, Dion come get my love in was a big because that that was nineteen eighty eight and that was that was uh, I don't know if you know the track at all it's, no. it was, I know did you Dion though it was a big Big, it was a big underground house track. Well, and when I started hearing music like that, mm. you had what else? You had uh, at the time um, tracks like LFO, Frankie Knuckles, you mm. had, uh, but Dion, come get my loving, Robert Owens, I'll be your friend. Yeah, these type, this, these type of tracks were turning me on. <laughs> yeah, really, really, really did turn me on, and I just uh, I started just, just getting into rage as a youngster, like thirteen year old boy. Really young, oh, boy, yeah. Really young. Yeah. Let's just pull your mic a little bit closer to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah, man, just. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you're young. You're thirteen. You're what, 14, 14, 14, 14, 14. what, you were like sneaking into these, these things? You know what, it, 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 as a 14, I, look, I looked over 16. Yeah. And you didn't need ID in those days. I yeah. used to go to Dungeons, okay. uh, the very legendary uh, yeah. part of London's Clubland in 1989. Right. Uh, I, I actually went to some of the big outdoor ones. Um, went to Sunrise, uh, Genesis, Biology. I went to all the, went to, like, I was 14, 15. Mad. And my mates were 16, 17, and we yeah. were driving and never had license, and we used to go to these raves. Um, but yeah, they didn't need, they were illegal. Yeah, of course. Anything goes. Yeah, so they were illegal events. You, you, you knew on the night where the, where the venue was going to be. Mad. So you had to phone a number on the night, and then you knew when the venue was going to be. Normally around the M25, you had like inside the M25 as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just. Um, See, I'm a dinosaur now. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I I don't I don't know a specific number. Yeah. I've tried to do some maths. Yeah. It's not something you talk about often. Yeah. 
But obviously, like this, I said in the beginning, you had a true, like uh, album that sold over two hundred fifty thousand yeah. copies twenty years ago. Yeah. So you must be have been at least, I would say, 22, 23 at that point. Yeah, I was very young then. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, twenty-two. Okay. So there we go. Yeah, Ooh. I've been, I've, I've been at this from from uh, from a young kid, really. Right. I mean, so you uh, you were raving, and then well, yes, I was raving. Yeah. I was raving to to the big acid house events. Yeah. And then uh, my next door neighbour. He he was he had an involvement in in in, in a in a illegal rave called right. about, well very well known it was called Rush okay um, and it used to take place um, in Dawson this is off Kingsland Road Tyson Street so what I and and he used to um, he used to also manage the door security team at Shaftesbury's in uh, Shaftesbury Avenue mm-hmm. um, which is Rainforest Cafe now but okay yeah. it was a big big venue then so I became a flying boy right and, and what used to happen is I used to have my, my, my mates that were ravers I used to make them all fly yeah get them all into the venues yeah and I was the guy do you know of what course. I mean I, 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 I was the actual I was the actual guy um, and um, so I was in and I used to love that so it's raving all night off your, off your rocker <laughs> <laughs> and, and then come five o'clock I got my mates and they're off their heads rushing off the yeah. hills <laughs> Having a fly and they didn't want to come out because they want to carry on dancing. Yeah, of course. And, and yeah, it was uh, it was it was a mad time. And then I became funny enough. I, I used to go to Shaftesbury's as well a lot in nineteen ninety. Mm. Um, big house DJ Paul Trouble Anderson. He was actually the guy. Yeah. I, he's the reason I became a DJ. Okay. I used to watch him. I wanted to be him. The way just the way he used to mix. Yeah. Was totally different to the others, and it was. I became his box boy. Okay. Yeah, and I was carrying his box around to all the raves. I mean, for me, that was... It's like you're living the dream, isn't it? Really? Well, in those days, that was your way in. Yeah. To become a DJ, a lot of DJs, you had to carry, like, a, 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 another DJ's box. I mean, it's, it was like footballers, youngsters mm. had to clean DJ's boots. boots. Yeah, yeah, It doesn't yeah. happen no more. Yeah. It doesn't happen to no one now. But that... That's what we had to do. So I got to travel the country with him, going to all the raves. Like you'd walk, you'd walk in with his box, and I mean, yeah. you're feeling large. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, in them days it was a large thing. Yeah. Trust me, it was, it was a big, big thing. I, I used to love it, and 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 just by going round with him for about eighteen months, and he's, uh, and being on Kiss as well on Saturday with him, just mm. going and then yeah. on there. Watching him, uh, you know, I got to learn. I got to learn a lot. Everything. Mm. It was just like watching. Yeah. Watching what he does, how he does it. You know, it was. Got to learn a hell of a lot. Um, before, but I, but I done that. I done that whole circuit. Okay. Uh, as a, uh, that was my education. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so we're talking now, like early nineties, yeah. Yeah, ninety ninety one. Um, yeah, the acid ass turned into hardcore. Yes. And yeah, and I was in. I was in. I was loved the hardcore at the time. It was okay. just mad. The hardcore was mad. Yeah. Um. I still say. Best experience for a rave till today mm. was hardcore. Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, just energy. To, everyone just having it. You know, it is. 
It was an ecstasy scene. Yes. The way the hairs used to stand up on the back of your neck. Not, not just me, everyone. Yeah. And the, and the energy and euphoria in these events. Mm. I've never witnessed till today. Never, never witnessed it. It was it, 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 amazing. And, and, people, and, I, and, I've, and I've looked for it. Like mm. Over the years, I remember, yeah. obviously I've done... I've seen I've seen it change over the last thirty years, and uh, mm. just still today I think the hard and, and these were events that had Carl Cox, yeah, Groove Rider, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Seduction, Slip Mat, SL Two, you know, yeah. or, or Jumping Jack Frost. It, yeah, still till today I haven't um, come across anything like a hardcore event. I mean, it turned into Jungle. Yes. But then you got a bit moody as drugs changed. Mm. This is something like, I mean, like yeah. you're the perfect person to speak about, I think, because yeah. obviously I've only seen, you know, the later years of clubbing. Yeah. And now um, I've noticed a difference in, in certain type of events. You've got events where people are usually taking a lot more ketamine and yeah. you've got events where people are usually taking a lot more MDMA and ecstasy. Yeah. yeah. Obviously the energy in the MDMA parties yeah. and ecstasy yeah. are much better. Yeah, but there's this whole thing now with the whole ketamine stuff, and I think it's really damaging raves yeah. and events because of there's no there's no life. There's yeah. people walking around like zombies. I've never done anything like that. Um, yeah, I mean to be, f I'll be honest with you, I'm scared of stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, but you need to be. But these kids aren't. Yeah, no, these kids I, I aren't. Know I've seen it. I, I, I see them at the end of the day. You know, listen, the problem we've got is that um, this rave scene. It's, 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 it's drug-led. Yeah. And it always has been yeah. from, from day one. It, yeah. was, it was the drugs that changed the game. From, you go back to 1988 and it was ecstasy changed the game. Mm. Mm. Um, so we'll quickly go back to 88. So, so being in these raves and, and then yeah. popping these pills <laughs> and you'd see, and you know what? You're just hugging someone. Mm. It was love. It was, it was the biggest bad man you yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was it was nothing but love. So yeah. drugs will always lead, will always be a big part of Clubland, especially uh, the rave element of it. Not not necessarily, you know, your local um, icon and D, whatever they're called now, these first leisure venues type yeah. of thing, those um, Yeah. But um the ketamine, I mean, it's, 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 it's just mean, weird, isn't it? This, this is a horse tranquilizer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, listen. And uh, the one or two people I've uh, spoken to, some can rave on it, some have to sit down on yeah, their phones. Yeah, and, the and I actually knew and, someone, yeah. an Asian guy as well, who's about 42. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I took the ketamine and he was sitting, and he was sitting there stiff. And I was thinking like... Yeah, you're like a statue. Who wants to be a statue in a rave? Why do you want to sit there stiff? Like, I want to be you, running around. You want to be stiff, that like you're stiff, you can't <laughs> move. Like, what's your problem in life? Yeah, it, it's... Um, let me try and... There is a problem. Look, let me sober down tomorrow and we'll wrap. Yeah. yeah. Like, sober down tomorrow. Once you come down, come and see me. Yeah, there, there is a problem, we'll talk I, about I think. This. I mean, the MDMA in that, to be fair, I mean... You know... I, I, I don't promote drugs, or, but what people need to understand is, at the end of the day, the problem we have in society, that drugs mm. is a big part of today's menu. Not, not just yeah. for clubland people, just in general. In life, yeah. In life. Mm. 
Like the MDMA, people are happy. Yeah. Want to dance all night. You can go on forever. Yeah. And for me, if that's what they want to do, it's up to them. At the end of the it's day, definitely right? a less problem drug if you choose like MDMA versus cocaine, where people can get a bit aggressive. Yeah. So the MDMA part of it as well, it's you don't have no problems. No. And, no. And and you know what? It's the one thing about House of Silk. Um, we haven't really one or two. We've had two incident, two little very minor things in in seven years. Yes. In but and I've done thirty two events. Mad. People would have it. People would, would have expected more for some reason. But yeah. I think people ha- people do have a bit of a, a stereotype yeah, you about get, House of Silk. You get that, um, yes. And you know what I've noticed? The people that have a stereotype, they actually either have never been to one or they went to one maybe in 2013 or 2022. Yeah, yeah. and it's changed since then. Massively yeah. changed. It's changed, we evolved. I mean, we started very small. Yeah. We started... Wait, wait, I don't want to talk about House right, of Silk yeah, yet. Yeah, cool. I don't want to talk yeah. about House but of Silk yet. For me, the, the, yeah. dr- the drugs is a big part of clubland, and, and, and if that's what they want to do, then... Yeah, uh, as long as you're not causing no I, problems. I can't tell them not to do it yeah. at the end of the day. They're going to do it. It's a big part of the menu at the end of the day. Yeah. MDMA, haven't really got a problem with it. All I will always say to people, and what I find, especially with the youngsters, is that when you are taking these substances, be responsible, like, don't overdo it. Mm. Yeah, it should be a supplement to your night out, not the whole night out. Just do it a little bit. Don't go mad, like where you're thinking, no, nothing's happened. Because I've, I've, I've seen people on, on floors just. Yeah, yeah. And you're thinking that, you know, this is, this is that part of it can be a, bit, a little bit dangerous. It wasn't my event. I was at an event a little while ago where mm. I think the girl was two minutes from death. And if I hadn't called the if the paramedics hadn't yeah. got there in time, yeah, she was lying there on a the dance floor, literally two minutes from death. And yeah. that's you know her Friday Saturday night out could have ended. Yeah, and I've like actually that. seen her in my events yeah. after that, and I've yeah. told her that <laughs> none yeah, of that in it. <laughs> I've told her that listen, you got to, you can't be doing this in there. Mm. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, mm. right? You know, be responsible about it. Be responsible. Yeah. Be respectful. Yeah, be respectful. Be responsible of yourself because you overdo it with these things and your heart will just, it'll just take you out. Finished. Yeah, finished. Gone, gone. So, yeah. The other thing about, the, whilst we're on the topic of drugs, the, the big problem as well is, is the, the mental effects after the drugs. After the Friday, Saturday night. You know, recently um, we had, there was a female DJ um, committed suicide last week. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you saw that. Um, Olivia Jacks. I didn't know her personally, but she was playing at a few different parties. Mm. Now, I don't know anything about the girl's lifestyle and yeah. stuff, yeah. But like you said, we are in this club land. We are in a space where there's always drugs around. And I do think over time, if you choose to abuse drugs, you're, you can start to play with your own mental health. And let's be honest, we, we're in an industry where we have a lot of rejection. We have a, maybe not so much, obviously, you know, because you, you're doing your thing, yes, but as for up-and-coming DJs, we always want more. We're looking for our next booking. We're trying to get in with this person. And if you start playing with, with drugs, how do you know who you really are as a person? Because if you've taken something on the weekend and you're feeling amazing, on Monday you're not going to be feeling that amazing. And you're back to real life. You might be going to work, you know. Over time, these things that bring you up, I feel, have to have, to have uh, a downward effect. Um, 
I know a lot of people over the years mm. that will go out on the weekend, let their hair down, do what they got to do. They're back at work on Monday, obviously to come down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. they're back in their, in their professional roles. And I'm talking about some serious professional people as well. Yeah. And then do their thing Monday to Friday and go out again on the weekend. I've seen that. And then they've just moved on in life and stopped going out and, and just do it here and there. Mm. I know a huge amount of people like that at the end of the day. But then, look, you're going to get different characters, different tolerance, tolerance levels, how much they can take. And, and the come down, I mean, for some people, I mean, mental health is not only drugs and drink. It's, mm. it's, it's, it's that. Yeah. But it's also the amount of bloody radio waves you're going, going around you as well. When you've yeah. got all of that and this, it, yeah. it, it can't help. I mean, I don't know too many cases, but I, mm. I, I know people that can just... It's, they're, they're out to take the drugs and they can't do this without the drugs. Yeah, a lot. There's a lot of people like that. A lot of people like that. In fact, house music is really cool with it. Yeah. If you're going to go to a house... Not, not necessarily our type of thing, but anything... House music, all the way around, is really cool with drugs. Yeah, to the point I know I know uh, a girl who's she's very recently trying to get clean and stuff, and she loves house music, but she doesn't want to put herself back in a rave environment in case it all goes wrong for her. There you go. But I don't know about this Olivia Jacks. Mm. It was sad to hear about. Yeah, her. obviously I don't very know how old sad. She was. How old was she? I think uh, a couple years older than me. I think twenty-seven, maybe twenty-eight. So, uh, yeah, no, I never came across her. No, her. she was new to the scene, and but she, she had a couple of good She committed bookings. suicide, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how, but it was suicide. Sad. Really very sad. sad. Very sad. But... Um, that must be... I mean, to be fair, if you don't know, I mean, to commit suicide, is it's, it's not that I'll wait in tomorrow I'm going to commit a bit of suicide. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. It's got to be something major going on yeah. in your life for you to say, you know what? I just commit suicide tomorrow because <sighs> Another... drugs is normally an escapism. Yes, yeah. The people that want to escape from from the real pressures of life and that be going to become drug drug addicts, they, mm. they don't necessarily want to commit suicide or anything. Like that. They just no. want to be high, yeah, and forget, yeah, and escape reality. But that high doesn't always get to what no, it of was. Of course not. I mean, at the end of the day, of course not. I mean, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I was before. It's funny enough. I was, before I got into music. Yeah. I was, I was in jail for drugs. Okay. Yeah, I was. I was. I was. Uh, I was. I was. I won the case in the end, but um, I was in for a long time. Twelve months on remand, looking at about eight, nine years. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you've seen firsthand what? Well, there's a difference between clubbing drugs and. The harder stuff, yeah, that people really want to escape. Yeah, that they need it. Yeah, yeah. There's recreational, then there's drugs that people need. Yeah, because I see people in in the events. I see solicitors, accountants. You know what? I'll be be honest with you. (laughs) A little while ago, in my event, yeah, I saw a policewoman. Okay. Off duty with Mm. her mates, off her tits. (laughs) She was from a North London police station. And, okay. and I was with supplier. Supplier knew her very well. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she told supplier, please. You never saw me. Don't, just, just, <laughs> just don't, just let me live my life. 
Yeah. And yeah. she, this girl, she's a police officer. Yeah. Off her rocker, mate. In my event. Literally. <laughs> literally in my event, she's off her rocker. Well, I'm sure she's having a good time. And uh, I've had solicitors and accountants. All, yeah. I've got all sorts of people in my events. I know. I know. Going to your event is... It's special, S. Like, honestly, and I'm not just saying that because you're here. There is uh, a big buzz around your event. You feel like an energy before mm. before you get in, when you see people in the queue, when you see people walking around. There's there's a vibe that I don't know if it's specifically related to Great Suffolk Street. I don't know if it's specifically related to your brand, but there's an energy around House of Silk. Yeah. Especially when it's at Tunnels. Well, I still have the same energy in Coronet. Okay. Yeah. Coronet was a great venue. Yeah, Coronet. I had, the same, I had the same energy in Coronet. Um, I actually love the Coronet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, in 2014, um, especially late 2014, I was starting to get the same energy in Scala. Mm. Then I moved to Coronet. Yeah. Then I went back to Scala and for a couple of events. So it's just, there is a buzz. It's, 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 it's it's an experience, and uh, what it is, I'm doing four events, London events a year, mm. uh, and I'm not watering it down with another event that I'm involved in. Mm. So when it does come around, yeah, the buzz, there's a buzz about it. It's not like, oh well, they had one last month, and I can go to one next month. Mm. You start to lose that buzz. You'll see with brands out there what they're doing is they got they own one brand, and they yeah. got another brand, yeah. And then the other brand, mm. it's the same thing. Yeah. A different name. So what you're doing is you're watering it down. And so what I always wanted to make sure is that I just kept to four London events a year. Mm. Like that, you can generate the buzz. If they're having a good time in the event, and, and, and the event is musically what they're after. Yes. Which I find in, 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 in some events the distance between the crowd and the artist and they're just, they're just not relating uh, mm. but with us it's all about to please the crowd we want to give 100%. it to you we're not interested in looking cool we want to party we want to rave mm. so we make sure we have a full on full on rave yeah so you want to come back and and so what's happened especially at tunnels as well it's a total, it's, it's just an experience for people. It is. It's my 14th event coming up now. Okay. April. Yeah. yeah. 14th in tunnels. In tunnels. And you know what? The buzz is just... Because you're one of the very few raves that do tunnels. It's House of Silk. Yeah. I know Pioneer Plays is there now and obviously very well, occasionally. He's, yeah, well, he's done a couple of They've moved on now. But apart from that, I don't really know. I think Audio Hall have done a great Suffolk yeah. Warehouse back in the day, but that was well, no, nothing it's recent. That, it's, it's just the way they're programmed. They, yeah. they don't want too much of the same thing mm. in a venue. That's my oh, yeah. issue. They, they don't want too much of the same thing in a venue. Yeah. So they've got House Silk. They won't want another similar. They'd rather me do my... Yeah. Let's not water it down. Because if you had me and, say, four other people, the same as what I'm doing, mm. it's just so much going on in the same venue. Definitely. And uh, with tunnels, it's... it's, it's, it's it's not just a, a, a normal club night. It's, 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 it's a car park, this place. Yeah, no. Do you know what I want to do one time? If we can coincide on dates and I can organise my diary, I want to come with you the day before 
when nothing's in tunnels. Yeah. And we'll do a little DJS diary. Yeah. Before yeah. the event. Yeah. yeah leading yeah. up to it. Shit we can do a little like, time lapse. Yeah. We can... Yeah. Because I think it's something that we spoke about in the last interview that we had when, when, we, when I was at tunnels with you. I, I don't think people really understand this, to be honest with you. I think they come and they just look at it and they think, oh, this is great. How's it? What's going on? It's a car park. Yeah. Yeah, it's a car park. So yeah. in the daytime, it's a car park. Um, you'll have uh, the Hilton Hotel got one tunnel. Mm. You've got any, anyone random have got another tunnel. You've got the police that own one tunnel. Yeah. It's a car park. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that place could be transformed. It, and it, it does get fully transformed. When you walk in there, yeah. you see everything... I mean, the cost of putting it on is a lot of money. I can imagine. Yeah, it's a lot of money. I can imagine. Because it, how does it work there in terms of the bar as well? Is that something you organise as well? Um, yeah, the people I work with, it's a joint venture sort of thing. I mean, I'm not involved in the bar okay. myself. But I mean, you, normally you are. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's um, the people, it's a joint venture yeah. with me and someone else. The, the people, the licensee yeah. the venue. So yeah, I mean, so, so you have the bar. Yeah, that's organization as well. Yeah, yeah. but I don't, um, for me, is that I'm not involved in all that because it's not my forte. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in, no, I'm interested in um, promoting and what music is in my event. Yeah, that's what I'm interested in and, and what I'm delivering. Yeah, you know, I don't have no residence apart from me mm. and the garage one. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Right. Who's the garage one? Uh, Martin Lana. Okay, right. Yeah, Martin Lana and Creed. Now, we've talked Garage, which brings me perfectly on to go back to Pure Silk. Yeah. Because I can't find too much when I did some Googling today. Yeah. Can't find, because obviously it was a little bit before the whole internet period. Yeah, it was, yeah. So, we were talking a little bit about you being in Club sort of 91. Yeah. What's your first sort of memory of Garage in London? What sort of time frame are we talking Tunes were coming, the night callers. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, Paul Trouble Anderson for me was playing Garage in 1990, 91. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what he was. He, he he was the guy. He was ahead of the game. He was too ahead of his time. Mm. So he was playing Garage in 1991. Literally, he okay. was playing all those, um, all these tracks. So for Garage, for what I remember, was Paul Trouble Anderson. Right. He taught me garage, you know, you know um, and, and everything about it. But as for... You, you had the US garage. You had the garage scene in London where we were playing US garage right. for doves. Okay. That, that's where it comes from. Yeah. Yeah. So all the Strictly Rhythm tracks, the B-sides, we're looking for the dove, not the vocal. Yeah. What's the dove? Yeah. And that's, that's how it emerged. Now... With the MK burnings and the night crawlers mm. and, 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 and the bucket heads and yeah. this type of music. Yeah. You know, that's master at work. Yeah. You know. See, I was a drug dealer at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the best bit of the show. Oh, that nothing, was... nothing to do with clubs. Yeah. Or nothing, but I was involved in a bad circle at this point. Right. So, um, so it's business for you. No, so I was in, so what 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 happened was I was involved in the clubs, meaning going out, carrying boxes, flying, doing my thing. Then I got involved in this horrible little circuit, horrible thing. Yeah. 
Um, so I'd missed a bit of that, um, the real early types of garage. Like, okay. I mean, I, no, I mean, when I say missed that, I was going, but I, can't, I mean, I was off my head myself. <laughs> I think. Um, but I'd say like 95, 96 was when it started. Yeah, it's, getting a bit of energy about it. Yeah, in London. And then I went to jail. Right, okay. So then I went to jail. Looking so a little, yeah. one, little one year holiday? Well, I was in and out of jail in 95. Oh, okay. And then I got nicked in 96. Where did you go to jail? I was in Wandsworth in London. Got, yeah. When I was in and out of there. Yeah. And I wasn't even from South London. <laughs> and and stuff. I couldn't, I, I, was, I couldn't stand that place because there was no toilet in the cell. Fuck. So in those days, you had a bucket. Oh, my God. You couldn't have it now in this day and age. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Of, of, uh, but, yeah, no, you had a bucket. So, um... It was just a horrible, horrible place to be. How did that experience shape the person that you are today? Those little stints didn't teach me nothing. Right. When I was when I got arrested and I was and, and, and I was arrested in Essex, mm-hmm. they said that look, you could be looking at eight, nine years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I started hearing that. Then it started, I started thinking, you know yeah. what? Man, we're not really brought up like this. Mm. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. um, culture-wise, family-wise, yeah. where, where are you from? Yeah, well, my, my parents, are, uh, they obviously originate from Pakistan, but they're from actually from Kenya, the okay. Asians that went to Kenya and then right. came over here. Yeah. So I'm born here and that, but they, they're, they're, they're like Kenyan Asians. Okay, quite strict upbringing? Not really, no. no. I mean, generally... The the in, in the Asian yes, especially in my time. But I was just I was quite lucky. I okay, was, I was pretty much. Yeah. Uh, my mum left my dad. Okay. So I was doing, I was doing, well in the yeah. I, I had father figures. Yeah. Um, but I was I was grounded. I was um, going to school. I was doing good at school. I wasn't mm. brought up like that. You yeah, know, yeah, you yeah. Wouldn't say, oh, was, did he be on a drug dealer? Mm. I didn't even thought he would. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so it was a bad moment for me because um, I was going through a bad moment myself. To be fair, yeah, real bad moment. Anyway, I got got arrested. Yeah, how old? I was uh, twenty one, twenty two, I think. Okay. Yeah, got arrested, and uh, best thing ever happened to me mm. at the time. Best mm. thing that ever happened to me. I couldn't tell you honestly. Yeah, if he hadn't arrested me, I'd been dead. Okay, just just just, just the scene of it. Just yeah, like yeah, what was yeah. going on? You know. It was mad. I was in drug houses and like, running drug houses. It was. Uh, I would have been dead in three years. Okay. Definitely, because the guns were coming in there and the yardies. And I remember being involved with some mad things at that time. So, um, <laughs> so when he when I got arrested, it was the best. You know, at, at that moment, mm. I didn't think it was the best thing. Mm. But once I was in jail, two months in, it was the best thing that happened. Yeah. Because I retuned refocused and I said to myself that yeah if you ever met me as a teenager and said this guy's in jail and, and you you mm. no, you'd never you'd never believe it. Yeah. Like, so it was like you just took a wrong turn. Yeah you would never believe it. Like I wasn't brought mm. up like this. I was a graft I was working when mm. I was a teenager. I did my thing. I was past my driving test at 17 I had yeah. a car at 17. Yeah. You would never believe that this guy was doing this and running drug houses and, and mm. yeah, nah, just the uh, best thing that ever happened to me. So I was sitting in jail in Chelmsford yeah. on remand. Okay. 
Uh, no sign of getting out, so all my bail applications are dead. Again, best thing that ever happened to me. So I had to sit there and really focus on my case. And, and, and the funny thing was, um, see what really, really um, got to me was, um, I was, uh, so I was in Essex, and, you, and because my case was, I was thinking, I was coming on Essex Radio, so there's something to call. I'm on Essex Radio. Mad. Mad. And he was saying that, well, they don't have uh, these type of drugs. These are London drugs, what you yeah, need. Yeah, we don't yeah. have any drugs here. And, uh, like the early county lines, OT, <laughs> OT, OT before it was OT. Yeah, so, um, Mad. it was crazy. So, um, but um, I needed that 11 months. I spent okay on remand. Wow. Yeah. I pleaded guilty to a few things, mm -hmm. but the big the big charges are uh, I bust the case. Okay. And uh, I didn't think I would to be fair. No. But I bust the case and it changed me. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was in prison, I said to myself, my missus, my girlfriend at the time, she was mm. missus now. Okay, yeah, Mrs. S. Yeah. I was going to say, when does Mrs. S come into your yeah, life? No, and Mrs. how does S. It... has been there all the time. Okay, <laughs> big up Mrs. S every time. Yeah, she's been there for everything. Okay, wow. Before so like she's... young, childhood. Yeah, yeah, of... yeah, she's been there for everything. I've had my time off away from her as well. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, but yeah, she's... Uh, so um, she, was, uh, she would send me magazines and then there was an album called Todd Edwards Locked On. Okay. Right, this album, for anyone... Um, old garbage heads. Mm. This album, I had it in jail. Right. Now, I was thumping it out every day. <laughs> Everyone wanted it. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Ev I had the whole prison on this CD. Yeah. To compilation by Tony. Okay. Months. Legendary, by the way. Yeah. Let me tell you something. For its moment at the time, it was so legendary. Even the gym screws. Yeah. Came to me and said, "We want this. We want this." <laughs> and then. I thought about, yeah, I was in the raves, I don't know what happened to me, I fucked up, yeah. blah, blah, blah. This is where I was meant to, this is what I was yeah. meant to do. Yeah, yeah, of course. What the fuck's going on in my life? Like, yeah. This is what I'm You had like a realisation moment. Yeah, this is yeah. what I'm meant to be doing. Like, I've done my education, I was moving with Trouble Anderson, rest in peace, he died a little while ago. Okay, I don't so know so if you know, so but... Um, yeah. And then, um, so I was getting the magazines, DJ magazine, I had the whole prison on this album. Yeah. I, I, I was the guy. Yeah, it had to come for me. This, this, this was just. Yeah. So when I bust the case, I walked out. I said, "No, I'm not going. I'm not being involved in that stupid loser's life." Because it was, um, yeah. it was a loser's life. And I'll tell you, anyone that's involved in in distribution of drugs, I mean, it don't last. And even when you think you're winning, you're gonna lose. And even when you got out of the game, mm. and you were investing that dirty money into something, you're gonna lose it. Mm. I've seen it yeah. every time I mm. saw it. So, but anyway, that changed me, and I, and I was just foot on. Said to we're going to come out. This is what I'm doing. I just, I just knew this is what I was going to do. Okay. Opportunity uh, popped up. Pure Silk. Yeah. Tottenham Court Road every mm -hmm. Saturday. Um, I just got involved. When did you first think of the brand then, Pure Silk? I didn't think of the brand. No. To be fair, no. I, I, the brand was already thought of. Okay. Um, I, but it was, there was a few of us there. Yeah. And there, was, there was four of us to start with. Yeah. That toned down to three. Mm -hmm. um, and I was involved in one horrible moment in life, bust the case, and all of a sudden, mm. 
I'm involved in an event, a weekly event. Okay. Um, getting 12, 13, 1400 a week. Wow. Yeah, so we started in Tottenham Court Road, moved to the, what was known now as the Q Project. Oh, yeah, okay. It was called SW1 in our day. Yeah. And I had that every Saturday. Okay, yeah, I've been there once and for a while. Yeah, I had that every Saturday, and it was just amazing. Mm. Uh, um, it was... Uh, so, do you know the date of the first Pure Silk? Yes, it was... Uh, the first Pure Silk was January the... 16th, I think, 1997. Okay, I was four years old. Yeah, 1997, <laughs> and then we was in Tottenham Court Road. We moved to, because that was a car park, underground car park as well. Yeah, in Tottenham Court Road. Okay, sick. Moved to SW1. We was there for three years. That was mm. a weekly event, and in those three years, we would go on to do huge one-offs as well as having a weekly. Yeah. So in those days, it was us, and twice as nice. Right. During every Sunday. And how do you? How are you selling events in 1997 as? Tickets in record shops. Okay. Yeah. Um, record shops were everywhere. Mm. All around the country. Yeah. And in London, they were everywhere. Okay. Flyering, on the back of the flyer, you'd have all the outlets, mm -hmm. and that was your way of getting your ticket. And there would be probably be one credit card hotline. Yeah. One, yeah. which people use, but... Yeah, not a common. Credit cards weren't big in those days. No. No, not at all. No. If people like us had a credit card, you got to pay it. They'll think, you know what, this could be stolen, or let's, yeah, do, a, of course. let's, do, let's do a cold 10 check. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, it was um, record shops. So I remember one New Year's Eve, mm. uh, I'd I just done one of the biggest raves in uh, Wembley. I remember I went to a black. I went to one record shop and picked up thirty-two grand. That was just one record shop. <laughs> wow! Uh, and I never forget that day. You know? Yeah, of so course. Another record shop was around the corner. I picked up twenty-five grand. Oh my god! <laughs> all in cash these times all as well. Cash, yeah, yeah, all in all cash. cash yeah. I'm thinking, you know what? Boy, this is some good money. There's two record shops. There's like sixty bags there. Wow! <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was all record shops. So I mean, the out of London ones you posted to them. Yeah. London ones you go around, mm. get the odd little slimy one. Yeah, try and nick it. Yeah, and yeah. just close down on you type of thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And obviously you were doing were you doing posters at these times? This is yeah. something that's still prolific. Yeah. Posters with... were massive then. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Posters, you had so many sites in those days. Yeah. Now still got sites, but not like those days. Yeah. I see obviously the poster thing's still happening. I see a few brands still doing the poster. Yeah, but was, but is it real is it still happening? I see it. But is it still effective? That's always been my biggest question. I'm glad you asked the question because if you're going to do an event and say, right, I'm going to do an event and I'm going to put, I'm going to flood London with A0 posters, mm. your event ain't going to work. Mm. Nah. How, how these things work is two ways. One is for branding. Yeah. Yeah. And two, how it works, the posters kicking is... You've, you're doing everything else, your groundwork, your mm. online, your street PR, yeah. all of that. And that's a top up. Mm. So you could have seen it on Facebook. Yeah. You might have seen it on Insta. You've come out a couple of clubs, you've got a flyer CD. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you're driving down the road 
and you've seen a poster. So sometimes to, to make a decision to go somewhere yeah. and then your mates talks about it. Yeah. You're like, oh, I've seen that. You need different formats of being told about it. Definitely. Definitely. You, you're with me? 100%. Not, not just the one format. Yeah. And what do you think about CDs now? A lot of cars don't even have CD players. No, CDs. It upsets me because I think CDs you know were a great form of promotion. CDs was a big part of what I did. I'll tell you why. Because it, it gave us the opportunity to... When I started House Silk... I was listening to house music out there and I thought, no, nah, I'm, I'm different. Mm. But that's why the CD was so important. Yeah. Because the show, what, this is what yeah, we're about. Yeah, it's a showcase about. of your sound. This is what we're about. This, mm. this is what you're going to get to at House Silk. This is what mm. you're getting. Mm. CDs, a few years left, I think. Yeah. We still do them. Yeah, I know. But my SoundCloud just pops. Yeah, pops. it does. My yeah. SoundCloud is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's not its way out, man. And it's a shame because it's a big part of my success. I just think that um, it's getting harder to share music and your sound. Because if I come up to you in a rave now, the sound with producer, I can give you a USB, but it's not quite the same as if yeah. you're outside a rave and you're banging out CDs yeah. and it's a new mix or yeah. it's a promo for an event that you've got coming up. Like, the way that we're... The way that we are intaking music now, it's very... Um, you could just throw away, sort of just throw away culture, I think. Like everything's streamable, you just want to sort of check it on the stream and people forget about stuff very quickly. Mm. Whereas if you had a CD, you might, I had House of Silk CDs from 2015 before I even knew you and I was just sort of raving and that was in my car for a year. Because that, it was a bit, you know, just what you're saying now is that and then people want to come in the end. Yeah, I know. People want to say, you know what, and when they come, it's wow. Because... A lot of the events out there was very bland. Mm. The music was very bland. You hear good music. Yeah. But you're not getting the right recipe no. from one DJ. So for CDs was always... What made me buzz about the CD was that when I started in 2013, mm. the CDs became popular very big, uh, very quickly. Yeah. So when you'd be outside an event... Yo, yeah, now, even now, yeah, mm. go and stand at a, 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 a big event mm. and you're flying outside and no, no, they don't, they don't want it. House of Silk CD, they'll come back. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so popular. Yeah. You know, and I like that because it just motivates you. 100%. Yeah. We're talking to CDs. Can we talk a little bit more about how the sort of Pure Silk compilation Come yeah, about. Oh, um, yeah. Um, I know so we have to keep. We have to keep going back to. I know we obviously right. have to still still come about. Was, it, it, it was a hit instantly. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like we started at two hundred people. It was straight away 15, 14, 1,500 people. Were you ready for that? Well, you had to be. Okay. <laughs> uh, was you ready for it? Well, the two people, the people I was working with, they were they were in the game. Okay. They weren't necessarily in the garage game, mm. but they, one was an R&B promoter, one was from the Asian scene. Okay. Well, we had to be ready for it, but we, there was four of us that became three of us, which mm. turned into a very good partnership because our qualities were all different. Mm -hmm. And when you put them together, we made a big entity out of this. Yeah. Uh, huge. So um, we were very confident with big balls, <laughs> yeah, and very, we we all knew from the minute we were getting regular people every week like this, mm. we're going to be massive. Yeah, we knew it. Mm. 
and I think sometimes to become big, you gotta know it. Definitely, you have to know it. Yeah, you gotta be. You gotta have that much belief in you. Mm. Yeah, you're affirming it every day, in your head. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah. It's funny. I tell you why. I tell you why. I say that's yeah. Because when I was in Thomas and Beckett, yeah, for second house of silk, three hundred people, some guy came to me and said to me, "Oh, blah blah blah." So this house of silk is gonna be massive. Yeah. <laughs> this is how silk. He looks at me. <laughs> so, bro, this is house of silk, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch what. I, watch what I do with this. Mm -hmm. We're the same thing with pure silk. Yeah. So what we was doing, we was um, doing the weekly events every Saturday. Mm. And then we was doing big one-offs on New Year's Eve, like we've done one in Stonebridge, 7,000 people. Wow, okay. We went to do Wembley, the biggest garage event yeah. till today. 13,000 people. People call those festivals now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a rave, yeah? Wow. That was a rave. Wow. We were pulling these big numbers, and we were doing Astoria, uh, one-offs and uh, there was a record company who had been around for years that was um, they had um, hits like in the summertime banana rama hot chocolate okay um, these old these old pop groups yeah they made, they made beer money this guy yeah and he took an interest in us okay and uh, he was based in Marleybone and uh, they'd set up a company with us right well, they set the company up, we yeah. went, uh, and they wanted to do this mix compilation. Okay. And uh, start said, label. And then they said to you, "Give us the, give us a mix." Well, no, it's not the really, no, It wasn't that. It wasn't that. It was uh, right. This is your office. Yeah. This is what we're gonna do. Yeah. Um, start signing, and we're gonna we're gonna get into um, the mix compilation. So, where the creativity? Okay. That's what we were. So you are free to do whatever you want. Yeah. Creatively, which is a lovely feeling. Yeah. And out the three of us. This was really my project now. Yeah. Because this is this is where I stood out. Yeah. It wasn't. They could give you a couple of tracks for a mixed compilation, mm. but they couldn't really. Yeah, they're not knowing the people. You've been booking people for time at yeah, this yeah. point. Yeah, no, my partner was booking people as okay. well. Just to, just to get putting a compilation together now. You, yeah. You know. That was um, that was yeah. So I was actually doing the track listings for them. Mm. Our first one was with Norris the Boss. Yes. Uh, it was the very first album, done 24,000 copies. Mad. Second one was Carl Tough Enough Brown. That, 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 that put us on the map. Okay. Basically. Yeah. Put us on that, that, that CD there, put us on the map. And uh, what was so good about these CDs, being in HMV, mm. being in all the Tesco boots. Wow. TV advertised. Yes, I read that in your bio on our TV advertised, so ITV. Pure Silk album, Mad. Champions League advert. You know, yeah, that, that's the level this shit was on. That's the level. That was the the um, the broadly bit, the Jewish guys that we're working with. That yeah, their game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just fuck with us, and we said we're gonna fuck with you. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, um, being able to put a track listing together where you've got no restrictions mm. was unheard of. Mm. Yeah, it was unheard of because you, you, you go to Warner Universal, they're telling you now, nah, this is what they want. They want yeah. half the tracks that they've got on their label. Yeah. Been on, this is what they want. That's what put us on the map, really, because you're hearing tracks that you'd never expect to yeah. hear on a mainstream yeah. mixed compilation yeah. that's been advertised on TV. Right? Mm. It's taking it from underground, 
It's put it mainstream, yeah. and everyone was loving it. I remember it. Steve Jackson used to be on Kiss FM. Mm. Huge he was. I don't know if Steve Jackson. Yeah, I don't Massive know. Massive radio. He was like... So he was in that documentary, the the boiler room. Steve Jackson yeah. was a massive Kiss FM DJ. He yeah. was just he was a big boy. Yeah, big DJ in the nineties. Yeah, but big radio presenter as well. Okay, I remember he phoned me up one day. He goes, "Yeah, S Blood, this 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 album's serious. Mm. To, to get this on mainstream, he couldn't believe it." Steve Jackson was big figure, man. Yeah, big figure, yeah, big figure. It's, let's talk Napa because I. Obviously, knowing that you were coming in today, yeah. I did a little bit of homework and I sat down yeah. and I watched Sunsea and UKG, which is on yeah. Boiler Room uh, channel oh, sorry, on YouTube. I, I, I mixed the, the four albums after you, that. You mixed yeah. all, all four albums after Noise after the Boss. That, yeah, yeah. So yeah. everything you heard, DJ S, <laughs> killing it. And I was TV advertised and I was, and, and for me, it was a big moment for me. Yeah. Massive for me. I couldn't tell you, it was, I was sitting there, just sitting there with your mum. Yeah. And saying, look, that's, at the time, did you did you appreciate and enjoy it, or were you hyped up because you were thinking of other things and you're thinking what's next? No, I was hyped up. Yeah. Thinking what's next? Yeah, yeah I was yeah. hyped up. Yeah, a lot of like now you reflect on it and you think, wow, that was huge. Yeah, but at the time you're thinking, oh, yeah, I'm, coming, I'm coming on MTV doing interviews and all that. So it was it was Mad. massive in those days. It was just that'd be on YouTube now. Yeah, that, yeah, it was before the internet. Yeah. I mean, it was big moment. You're on me, TV because I put. I was the first guy to put MCs on a mainstream compilation. You'd never have that. Yeah. You never would have that. Okay. The big companies wouldn't allow it. Yeah. I brought. I brought this through. Who was the MCs you were working with back then? Funny. Uh, first one was Creed. Yeah. Second one was CKP. Yeah. Third album I did was Ranking, and then there was a young girl floating about my studio. Who was going on to uh, be? Yeah, she was floating about my studio. She won a competition off one uh, off another mixed compilation we did, which was Creed's vocal uh, fusion. We done a competition to mm. send in your tape with your MC, and, and so this girl comes in now. I'm looking at her, I'm thinking, yeah, she's fucking hot. I heard it. She's 16 <laughs> years old. Mad. Her name's Naomi. Mm. Um, I said, right, okay, cool. I said, yeah. Started putting on the raves for me, mm. um, and she became Miss Dynamite. Yes. Yeah. She, yeah, I read that. Yeah, she became Miss Dynamite. Um, yeah, I had her on one of my albums, toured with her, she toured with us. Mad. And then she just, gone. Yeah. Gone clear. Mm. Too big for us. Smashed it. <laughs> yeah, literally smashed it. Too big for us. Literally just too big for us. Still ever chat to her now and again? Um, no, if I see her, I'd say obviously. Yeah, of course. You know, she, obviously, she, listen, if she sees us, she... She, she knows. special for Early, her. yeah, early doors. You with me? Yeah, of course. So... I remember I met her mum and everything, come to the studio once, yeah, do something with my daughter, she can sing or something. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, But I played some good sets of her around in Napa and Switzerland and all these yeah. places. Let's talk Napa. Mm. There's a documentary on Boiler Room, like I mentioned yeah. previously. Sun Scene UKG is excellent yeah. for anybody who's listening. Go and check it out. I do believe from that documentary, it was Spoonie who said DJ S is responsible. Yeah. For putting garage in Napa. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that statement, S, because that's a really big thing. Well, um, what happened was so I come out of prison. Yeah. Got involved with the music thing two years. 
having it hard and my, my, my girl's mum mm. she said to me that look it's a bit strict to her mum and that yeah saying that look we've, we've allowed this for years yeah you better get you're gonna have to either get married to my daughter or mm. so I'm thinking oh shit man get married right <laughs> now shit going on no but I always knew that this is my yeah day. This of is, course this is my day one yeah yeah, like. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah 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 but I wasn't ready to get married. Of course. Thinking, nah, 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 nah. But, I thought, but, but then I thought the, the type of woman I've got, yeah. she's never get my way. Mm. Got married, told my missus, she said, where are we going home? I said, book Iron Napa. Yeah. Why? I don't know why, because I heard that. I don't know. Why. Yeah. I'd heard a few people in 97 go out there for holiday, talk good things about it. Okay. I said, we're going to Iron Napa, honeymoon. Record box is going with me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, went to, the, um, went to Iron Napa, had my portfolio ready for the clubs. Yeah. For, for pure silk, though. Yeah. There was a guy out there called Sammy Confunction. His, uh, his name is Confunction. He's an R&B DJ. Okay. Um, he was, he had a little club, he was a resident at a club called Spot. The only club that was playing garage, really, mm. really that London okay. underground garage. But then I was in the bars and I was hearing like uh, all of the Armin van Helden tracks and that, the, the bit yeah. more of the housey garage. Yeah. Sammy said to me, "Look, S, you got your box? So, yeah, got my box." Mm. He said, "I want you down here tomorrow night. Can't believe you're out here." Blah blah blah. Yeah. So, like, Wicked. Yeah, I'll be down here tomorrow. So, my money even turned into a bloody. Um, but that was fine. Yeah. As well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Yeah, you're just there. So I'm in the spot club every night, ramming it out. Now it wasn't. It wasn't a case of oh, it's DJS ramming it out. Mm. It was a case of the guy from Pure Silks here. Yeah. Okay. And it was a small club. We'd have about two fifty, three hundred people in it. Ram. Mm. I was in there every night. Every yeah, night. yeah. All the footballers in there. Rio Ferdinand. Everybody was at Silk okay. Campbell's. Yeah. Bull Fox. Yeah. Um, Rampard, Kieran Dyer, it was all in there. Mad. And um, playing in there every night, the big boys um, who run the island, they demanded a meeting with me. Okay. So I was all ready for this. You've had previous experience with well, some, I was already for this. With so some naughty just, people in the past. This is why I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. I'm not going back. I'm yeah. not going to. I've got something out here. Yeah. Right. Okay. I could see the gap in the market. Saying that, it was free to get into most clubs, two pound at the most. Right. So we changed the game out there, by the way. Mm. So um, the big boys called me molass. There was a club that was struggling, okay. which was half a mile off the square. And everyone was around the square. This club was struggling. I've gone to this club. The guy's gone to me, the manager. Oh, you, you, you're packing this club, right? I said, yeah. Yeah. Garage, well, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gary Pure Silk, that's me. Yeah, that's me, bro. Yeah. He said, look at this club here. I said, yeah, if I did Pure Silk, I'd ram it out. <laughs> 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 this club was struggling, by the way. Yeah, 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 of course. This was the biggest club you on the island. you're the guy now, you are this the guy. This was the biggest club on the island. And they had Fantasian, that was a big legendary yeah. rave, but they was only getting five, six hundred. Mm-hmm. So I was playing in there, but I wasn't really having the same impact as Spot Club because it was too big. Yeah. I was still getting people in there. Yeah. 
So I remember they on Napa Radio and the water park, these guys, they called me up to the radio station one day. They said, right, look. Oh, so no. S sorry. Mm. My two weeks honeymoon finish. Right. Yeah. The club said to me, right, we want you back here. Mm. So to Mrs. Wright, you're going back. Yeah. So I've got former partners, they're running the night every week. Yeah. Because I'm in nine, I'm yeah, here and drop, drop my missus back. Yeah. Back, back to London, picks up my box, they threw me back out. Mad. Yeah, they threw me back out. Okay. So he's had me up in the radio station, the guy goes, right. I said, cool, we talk about next year, yeah? Pure yeah. silk, rah, rah. This was, this was, this was the end of July, August. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Month left of the season, not even that. We talk about next year, I'll bring it. He said, no, we don't talk next year. We talk this Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he said, we talk this Friday. I'm looking at my partner, who was Greek Cypriot, by the way. Yeah. What touch. Okay, yeah, of course. How the fuck are we going to do this this Friday? Yeah. I'm looking at him, like, I'm a, I was a confident guy with yeah. full of balls, eh? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, this Friday, yeah? Boy... Okay, we're doing this yeah. Friday. Yeah. This is what he wants. He wants, yeah. us to, he wants, to, he wants, us, wants us to walk the walk. Yeah, of course. So um, what I did was I called Spoonie. Yeah. So Spoonie was saying, blah, blah. Spoonie was big dream team. Yeah. Right? So Spoonie, yeah. We, Spoonie had a booking. He goes, no problem. We gave Mikey or Timmy the booking. I said, right. Spoonie came out. Creed came out. Done a flyer. It was funny because you're normally around the printer's yeah. And artwork in, in London. I'm sitting in some little remote village. <laughs> yeah, some little cafe. Old boy some, drinking coffee and a cigarette. And I'm, I'm doing some design review. And it was just mad. Look at the window. And it's like mad. Yeah. <laughs> I can fully imagine it, yeah, obviously. For me, it was, it, it was a major experience. I'm doing a flyer. Mm. And then uh, the event was on Friday. So you started promotion on the Wednesday. Right, okay. Yeah. And who's in Napa at this time? Is there English? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of English. A lot, lot of Essex. A lot of Essex. A lot of Essex are yeah. there. A lot of London. Yeah. But they'd known the name because of what we had done, like Wembley. Of course. 13,000, all this yeah. regular every week, just, just in your face type of thing. Mm. This club's on its ass, by the way. Yeah. Man for 1,400 people in there. They right. think you're the guy. Bruv. They're loving Bruv. you. Yeah, you're in now. You're family to them. Bruv. <laughs> <laughs> you're family. S has become Greek. He's sitting there you eating Suvlaggy with them. I'm honest with you, I remember the first night. I, I played, me, me, Spoonie, Creed played, and it was such a buzz. It, but it was like this was meant to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was meant to happen. Everything was, aligned up nicely. This was my destiny. Yeah. This was, this, this was, and... Then we carried on for another four or five weeks. Numbers started dropping a bit, 900, 800, but okay. still fucking brilliant. Sick for they're, them, they're, yeah, they're they've had thinking, nothing. They're yeah. thinking, because they're very clever. Yeah. They're thinking, if this guy's doing this now... Yeah, what's going to happen next year? He's going to promote in the UK there. Yeah. <laughs> he will bring the people there. Yeah. And then next year, it was all over. It was two and a half thousand every week. Mad. From the start of... Uh, June to the fucking <laughs> September. Unbelievable. Two and a half thousand every roadblock. Mad. Maddest experience ever. How long would you be there? Would you? What would you do? Would you stay in Cyprus like Wednesday to Saturday? Would you no, come no, back? No, no, just, no. We, we, so how it worked was I, I'd be there three weeks at a time, four weeks. You have to be there. Yeah. 
yeah. to run this shit. Yeah, you, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't be able to get a plane. No, no, no. My partner was staying there. Uh, I stayed the whole of '99. To be fair, okay. I stayed the whole of '99, but you know what it was. Staying there the whole of '99, I found that it was a bit too much. Yeah, I, I was hype. Mm. <laughs> You need a little reality check. A little you're bit. kind of famous as well when you're yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're getting stopped. And, and, and I'm out. young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I don't care. Like, now they, yeah. they come all over me. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm not, yeah. It doesn't really phase me. No, that, yeah. that type of thing. But I was young. I was like, I think this is mad. And just, but then the following year in 2000, I had like Beefard, Falaraki, Cos, Cos playing up in. Wow. Every week for 12 weeks. Like, but I, but my my base was Iron Upper. Okay. We had a villa there every week. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? It was home. Yeah. It was just my... Uh, 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 the, they loved me for what I brought to the island. Of course. Like, the, the island loved me. Yeah. Like, I was there last year. Cause I'm yeah. Doing, yeah. They said, what you done for this island then? And then it went down after eight, nine, ten years. Yeah. You are, you are a king here, bruv. Because yeah. no one's ever done what you ever did out here. No. I'm a legend out there. Yeah. I'm walking in here, I'm getting free drinks. I've never paid for a drink in my life in Napa, bruv. No, well, you've, you've done a lot. You deserve uh, it, really. Yeah, no, uh, out there, like, I, I, was, I was being, I got stopped five times out there mm. uh, last season by different Greeks who remember me and said, yeah. what you did here was amazing. And it was, it was, um, to put two and a half thousand people every week, UK people, London, mm. UK, Birmingham, yeah. all around from the UK. Yeah. For me, was just a buzz, and then we got the album deal, and then Pure Silk and Iron Apple TV, which then yeah. helped promote Iron Apple. Of course, yeah, the MTV behind us, Radio One. There's some big people behind us, Mad. backing us, Mad. backing the island. What was um, for me? What was what came out of it was um, at the time, all the music press were saying, "His arrival to Ibiza." Mm. For us, we needed this because Garage would never have been the number one thing in Ibiza. No. Out there, you had Judge Jules, Paul Oakenfold, these type of D. Carl mm. Cox is out there as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sven Bath was doing Koku. Mm. These, uh, these type of DJs, Sonic, John Kelly, all mm. these big, big black people, they dominated that island where Iron Apple, we dominated that. When they came to Iron Apple, they were little mm. fish. That is the sound that's associated to Napa, isn't it? Yeah. UK Garage. Yeah. And that's down to yeah. Pure Silk. Yeah, and then you saw different companies, record companies came out of albums. Yeah. The sound of Iron Apple and this Iron I don't Apple. think there's ever been a genre that's made it from Clubland to mainstream so successfully. You know, I was, I was telling a lot of... Uh, I've done a lot of my flyering and I was prepared to work and I was prepared to do mm. so much. But when I got involved in it, 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 it was instant hit for me. It wasn't like mm. I've tried for years and I've slowed. Yeah. It was bang. Yeah, you I was in this from the big, from the off big time straight away. Yeah. It was, yeah, I've hit this big time instantly. Was it harder to do events back then or now? I say back then because if you look at it now, mm. you have to go to the designer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to, you have to. Everything is to do manually. 
yeah? Mm. Go to all the record shops. Now, you're sitting there doing it online. Mm. Not even moving. Yeah. So there was a lot more involved in those days. Far mm. more than now. Now, email, blam, designer, yeah. blam. We never yeah. had all that. Yeah. You have to go to West London from there. Go to a printer's in South London and South mm. London. Go to me, have a meeting in East London. And, and it was just, yeah, from there, go to a record shop in... Yeah. The time that you were putting in, actually travelling about, whereas now you can just sit at home, quick RA. Yeah, so in, in and but the competition was more fiercer then. Mm. And but there was a lot more clever people involved that, that had brands, but we were just that little bit more than the rest. We mm. had more balls, we pushed it further, we were more professional. Mm. But twice as nice, they had great success. It was yes. at, it was Real Madrid, Barcelona. Was that? Yeah. Would you say it's direct? Were they direct competition? Direct competition. They were. They were competition. So yeah. you wouldn't really mess with? Do, do you know the but people was, from Twice I, as I Nice? I was cool with them. Are oh, you cool? Yeah, 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 I was cool because I was in Napa. He gave me his name. Okay. So he said, "Look, you're going to Napa. Yeah. Take my name." So I had two and a half thousand people on Friday for Pure Silk, and I'd have two thousand people every Tuesday for Twice as Nice. So it was cool. Cool. No dramas. No dramas. Has there ever been any dramas? In the garage scene, there was loads of dramas. Okay. Mm. There, was a, there, was a, there was loads. I mean, my weekly night, I saw it all. <laughs> I had Moss Side come down for me. <laughs> man told me he's going to shoot me. Yeah. I'll give him two grand by three o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. I had, had beer dramas. Luckily, I had you people. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course. Man's telling me at one one o'clock, look, three o'clock, you better have two grand. I'm gonna shoot the place up. I'm gonna shoot you, and I'm gonna shoot the place. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just laughing. No, what it was, I said, cool, but it registered to me two minutes later what this guy just told me. Mm. It didn't. I was young. Yeah, of course. Nah, that would register straight away. What? Yeah. Fuck yeah. out. Yeah. Two minutes later, I said to my partner, the guy here from my side. Yeah. Ronnie, his name is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it happened because this girl, okay. some DJ girl. Right. But uh, Underworld controlled the drugs in Clubland in those days. Of course. So there are certain people you have to let them in. Yeah. Because they control the club. Big, big, big families. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? They, and there was a lot of problems in those days. You had to have connections. Yeah. Like, you couldn't just do a radio. You're just getting and, bullied, like, man, aren't man, you? Man's coming up to you and saying, yeah. right, okay, cool, yeah? Yeah, you're getting I want, bullied. I, I want that. You're getting robbed. I'm getting robbed. You're getting... Thank God. I mean, listen, I'll tell you a story. We've done a rave in Stonebridge. Okay. What possessed us to do a fucking rave in yeah, Stonebridge? Yeah, I was thinking this when you in mentioned 90, it earlier. 99. Yeah. When everyone's saying, are you not fucking mad? You're going to get robbed. You're going to yeah. get robbed. Yeah. You're getting Stonebridge. It's going to be problems, gunshots, yeah. blood, everything. And we didn't want to hear it. We didn't... We did not want to fucking hear it. Mm. Put six and a half, seven thousand in. I'd say it's one of the best raves we ever did. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. No problem, but there was a plot to rub us. Mm. So there was a plot to rub us. Yeah. Locally. Yeah? yeah. Yeah, yeah, But we were clever. Yeah. How we did everything. Yeah. How we did it all. Like we knew. We, we knew. I, I mean, I walked in there with twenty of the baddest handpicks people. Well, you know, it's a high risk situation. But the way we did it all, 
it was just beautiful. Yeah, you'd have a lot of problems, but yeah, I'd, uh, Mossai had come to me the night, and luckily I found someone, he came down, what? Mm. He's from Mossai's here, yeah? Big mm. underworld guy yeah. in you, yeah? Yeah. He, he, could you tell him that? They're getting disrespected, like he's yeah. come to my turf threatening you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, of course, because you're in with... Yeah. Fucking what? Yeah. That guy who told me he was shooting me, <laughs> you regretted it. Four thirty in the morning, he was standing there cuddling me, having drinks, sharing. Yeah. <laughs> of course, he was fucking. Yeah. he was loving me. Yeah, of course. You know what? There was a lot of problems, and for a young guy like me, you know, it's headache at certain points. But um, were you ever scared? Never. Okay. No, never scared. A couple of occasions, on a couple of occasions. Mass was going because yeah. there's guns, man. There was like, yeah, there was a lot of guns in yeah. those days, and they're yeah. pulling them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, knives, isn't it? No, yeah, then it was guns. Yeah, yeah, and um, one or two occasions, but it was never gonna kill my vibe. What I wanted to do, mm. and what it was, I was luckily. If I never had any connections, yeah, it could have been a problem. Mm. I was lucky because I've been to jail. Yeah. Doing what I was doing. I it's almost like that yeah. that life kind of prepared you I had for, I for had today. Connections. Yeah. From from that. Yeah. With me in the day, which so yes, it did prepare me. Yeah. It's funny you say that because it actually it was the case. Yeah. I've been through a lot worse. Yeah. I won't want to talk about it, but I've been mm. through a lot worse. I'm yeah. talking, you know, you know what I mean? Madness sort of went through that. Yeah. So yeah, it prepared me. Yeah, people were getting bullied out. Mm. That's what it is. It's bullying, isn't it? If people will take what they can. People getting bullied up. When they find out they yeah. can't, then yeah, people are getting bullied up, and uh, not everyone, but mm. some of the big white promoters who are doing exposures, Gary, you couldn't, you couldn't touch them. Yeah. I mean, like. <clears throat> but um, yeah, no, we got through that. It wasn't. It wasn't. Um, that was for about. Couple of years, I remember that was like ninety seven to ninety nine, and mm. then come two thousand, Gary's got commercial change. It was all nice then, didn't it? Two thousand commercial, changed, changed. big hits. Yeah, it changed. Like I was in the Astoria one day. Uh, I don't know, rave. It was nothing. Astoria, very legendary mm, venue. I've heard of it. Yeah, um, West End. Uh, yeah, legendary venue, Astoria. Yeah. And um, I had two threats that day. One threat, one guy was coming to shoot up the place and shoot me up. Then Nigel Ben, who was DJing for us on the night, yeah. told me he's going to shoot me and send man to shoot me that night. This is the WBC middleweight champion. Yeah, I was going to say the boxer, he, he yeah. He fucked on drugs himself, he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was fucked at the time, Nigel Ben. Mm. But he told me he's sending man for me that night because he couldn't turn up. Mm. But yet, the guy he, he was maybe playing with, DJ Ride, we didn't want him on his yeah. own. We wanted Nigel yeah. Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nigel was fucked. You know, he, you yeah. know he's, he's, he's changed his life now. But yeah, Nigel was, was high and yeah. he said, I'm going to come and fucking shoot you. And, and, and what he's saying, all the gangsters. Yeah. So I remember I had a guy called, um, I had one big, 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 big figure in the national underworld. Okay. And... Um, and literally, like you see in films, a man's opened his trench coat and his yeah. beer buckies. Yeah. This was, this was the case. <laughs> there was three guys, one guy had a trench coat, he had about three guns there, four guns there. There was another guy, and then there was the big name face, don't yeah. worry, no one can touch you once in a while. And I remember the police, 
they dropped past CDLNA, it's a massive venue, like legendary, yeah. and they said, what's this guy doing in here? We can't keep him out of Oxford Street. The guy yeah. was looking after yeah, yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Like, like a big figure, big name. Yeah. And, and one of these old, like, old club owners, you tell him I don't want him, you get him out of here now. He said to me, you tell him Brian Mason said, I don't want him in the bloody venue. Yeah. Get him out. Yeah, but I remember that night, because... That night I said to myself, boy, this is mad what I'm going through. Like, you know, like the guy who's opening his trench But high risk, high reward. You know what it was, to be fair, I'll be honest with you. Yes, I should have done so much better. Pure Silk, a lot of things, like especially the record company, was a lot of learning curve as well. We wasn't novices. Mm. But yeah, we've done well. Yeah. High reward for our age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Learned a lot. Thoroughly enjoyed it, but it changed in two thousand. But then you had a, uh, it changed. On on the on, on but it came. There was problems in the clubs mm. with gangs now. Yeah, so that's not your fault. That's just the time that came around two thousand and two. Mm. There was problems. Yeah. See, does that coincide with the the garage sound getting a little bit darker? Yes. I'm not going to mention anyone specifically, yes. but there is a group of people that, that a lot of people no, talk that's, that's a little bit negatively yeah. about. Yeah, that's what it was, to be fair. Music started changing, yeah. young, younger crews were coming involved, and that's when the shit was changing. Yeah. yeah. And that did, that did a lot of damage to Napa in the, go back to the documentary, yeah, they, was, they yeah. were selling the flick knives in the shops yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So you must have really seen the island change from everyone hugging, loving each other, Having a great time. Well, I still had six great years out there. Okay. Solid great years. 2004, we said, you know what? Right, yeah, let's drop it out. Because some of the violence out there was highly publicised. Mm. Made um, national newspapers. Mm. Um, national news. MTV. Just the people were pulling out now of the island. Mm. Want to be part of the island no more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, it's not recovered the island. No. You had the UK funky lot go out there, but it was not what we were doing. No, UK funky was good but for it, a brief period. It wasn't what we were doing because when we was out, it's pure silk, spice is nice, sun city. Mm. Everyone was out there, man. Just like, yeah. it was, you know what I mean? I was the king out there. Yeah. Like, you don't want to go up against me. No. If I don't feel yourself, you're no, mad. Yeah. Can't do any other event. Yeah. There's no other events. There's no events on a Friday you're gonna in get, Napa. You, you're going to get killed, yeah. So, but it was, it was great because the girls were far more sexier mm. than they are in, in, in this scene. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Cause that was also the whole vibe, wasn't it? With the guys, people looked a bit fresh. They looked quite sick. The shoes on, shirts, Moschino. I tell you something now. In all my years in Clubland, Garage ninety six, seven, eight, nine, two thousand. It was mm. the sexiest girls you ever seen in clubs. Mm. Yeah. If there's one thing I could, I could do. I actually wrote this as a tweet. If I could <sighs> go to a proper Garage rave back in like ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah. The best oh, time. That would be the most unbelievable you know time machine experience. The best time. Yeah. 1998 was the best time in London for Garage. Oh. Do you know why? It was underground. Yeah. And it was, oh, mate. Oh. And it was, there was ease, mm. which then turned to crack spliffs because well, the jungle yeah, they were died and there were crack spliff smokers and they'd come out. Uh, yeah. 
but it was so sexy and the yeah. oh, honestly the girls it was like bruv <laughs> say no more oh the promoter and DJ as yeah well. of course do you know what I mean man yeah, like course. for me girl was not a problem you <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a big man bruv for me I was, you know what I mean like yeah. for me at the time I was like thinking wow this is a madness yeah like and we had footballers in our circuit yeah, actually, I saw that on the, yeah, on the film. Yeah, we had footballers. Was, I had Rio with my club, uh, my Ray Beersan, Rio Ferdinand. Mad. So you get in the footballers' birds. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. DJ, yeah. Like, You're in that circle. Yeah, man, man's marriage, you know, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, show the ring. They might want you more when they see the ring. You know, they did. Yeah, of course. They want you more. They fucking wanted you more. Yeah. That's the worst thing yeah. about it. It was tough. So we're saying now, like, <laughs> 2004. Yeah. You've come away from Napa. Come away from Napa, the London garage scene. It's all, it's all Police a bit are locking off the events. Okay. One by one. Right. What are you thinking now? Are you thinking shit? I'm thinking like, shit, yeah. I'm yeah. Thinking, you know what? This is because, you know, as a garage DJ, mm. I really was peaking now, 2002. Mm. Really was, that was me. Mm. Give an example. Are you so, getting bookings as well, as, as oh, well as? Oh, yeah, yeah. So back then, what, what's the fees saying back then for DJS? In London, it was like like two two fifty really. At okay. The end of the day in London, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but I'll tell you a story because um, Heartless Crew came. Mm. They emerged on the scene. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't play after Heartless Crew. Anyone who played after Heartless Crew, rave dead. Because they were that much of an impact, yeah, 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 that you couldn't play. I was the only guy that could play after them. Okay, and what they did was they took me on tour with them. Mad. Because I was the only guy that could. Because I had the dub plates. And yeah. I was really peaking my creativity. Yeah, and I yeah, made yeah. really good plates. Mm. I was a little bit disheartened because <clears throat> the rates in London were were that. Yeah. I, I was my I had agent. Yeah. Okay. That was. Yeah, then, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like eight, nine hundred thousand pounds. Mad. But in, I'm talking about London rave, but it's yeah, all that like, it was a bit cheaper. But then, yeah. You, to be fair, listen, I'll be honest with you. In garage, we was playing out almost. So in the midweek, you know, all the uni rave around the country, Mad. right? So Birmingham, Leeds, yeah, 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 Manchester in one month during the week, Norwich. Yeah. It's just out every other night. Wow. Picking up big money, picking wow, up yeah. beer, up. We, 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 we flossing. Yeah. Flossing, I couldn't tell you. So there was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. But as for the London's really peaking in that, and so in the Heartless Rave, I was really making a name now because mm. in the Heartless Rave, I was mashing it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these boys, and they were playing for me, I'm playing for them, but they're saying, you know what, we've got to take them with us everywhere. Mm. So I've toured with them everywhere. Sick. Yeah, man, toured with Heartless Crew everywhere, mate, because they could bank on me. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. good combination. I was just where some DJs would have thought the music's getting, but I was still, I, I could still find no problem. Mm. Some of the old DJs, like, like Norris and that, saying that. Nah, I was still like Dream Team would say, nah, this is. Yeah. But I was really now peaking. I broke Pulse X. I don't even you know Pulse X. Yeah, of Le course. Legendary track. Dum, 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 dum. I was the first guy that ever had that, and I had it for one year before mm. anyone had it, and I'm known for it because I made dub plates yeah, out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's saying, what the fuck? That's what made me. Raw Pulse X. Yeah. Pulse X. Me having that track, Pulse X, is what yeah. made me. 
wow. DJ in London because now people want to know who the fuck is this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Such a tune. I'd made a hor- beautiful dub plate yeah. where I could come on after Heartless Crew. And when I draw this dub... Yeah, you, yeah. You, you're comfy. You know you're good. And, and Heartless, they knew, yeah, S. I played at all their they, 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 they. And And for anyone who remembers the Heartless rave... Mm. Everyone will know you can't play after Heartless Crew because whoever it was, Crash, forget it, it's emptying the room out, it's not, yeah. it's not working. It's just... So I was really fucked off because Look, I'd done the albums and that. I was getting with the commercial bookings, yeah, but yeah, I'm talking yeah. about the real like, love. Yeah, the, the rave element of the. I was getting all their bookings because I've been on TV advertising. Yeah, of I'm course. Beer bookings, like, but. Was the, was the CD thing, uh, was it a money spinner as well? Were you making coin off that? Yeah, because of the bookings I got. Okay. Yeah, I mean... But not from the direct oh, sales. Yes, yes, we made a... <coughs> generated a lot of money for the company. Yeah. Hell of a lot of money. Mm. And in turn, obviously, your bookings are there, so you're smashing What happened that. was with the money, what happened was, uh, yep, we're going to start a label and, yeah. and you've got... Uh, We've got singles out mm. and uh, Universal and EMI want to sign this Richie Dan track. They want to sign Virgin, want to sign this Dion Rakim track. Nice. But these partners I'm working with who've been around mm. the pop game and yeah. multi-millionaires yeah. saying, no, we can do this ourselves. Mm. So we're doing the videos. We're yeah. doing what really the big... Re- but, and really, we was competing with them and it was hard and it was fucking... Yeah. He's all right. He's a multi-millionaire the guy. He's fucking yeah. sat for And for us, we were novices thinking, but I was always saying we should always... Ministry wanted to sign the whole Pure Silk thing. I was going to say, it would ministry, seem like something Ministry would be interesting. Ministry in. came to us and they wanted the whole Pure Silk thing. Mm. The compilations, the singles, they went to sign the record label and yeah. they went to the Knights. And yeah, of course, they had the venue as well. But they weren't having it. Mm. Uh, our partners weren't having it. Mm. The, the, the record, yeah. they weren't now. Like we could, these are my, then, oh, you're working with Ellis Elias. Uh, oh, like he was a big fit. Like, mm. that pop world was like, yeah. that record company world, it was just, boy. Politics like, and. Yeah, it yeah. was just like, we generated a lot of money. I mean, I, I was doing good because I was um, yeah. uh, playing all around the country. I was on a big salary mm. with the company as yeah. well as getting a dividend. But yeah. I felt I should have gone clear with that company. Mm. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I felt I should have really gone clear mm. because we had generated like a good few million. Mad. Yeah, generated a good few million. This is now what, 2004 sort of time? 2001, 2000, 2001, 2002. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But it's still a little while before House of Silk is born. 2013. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean. Run me through that, that little I mean, window there because that's. So the, the London scene's gone down and feel a bit lost because now it's still getting some work but it's, yeah. it's not the same like no. I was getting out there playing here and there playing the same old shit yeah bored of it like it's, mm. it's, it's I was getting really so um, I was um, I was involved in a rave called Destination House okay so maybe this was uh, in Coliseum right and uh, Destination House it was a very dark rave yeah, very dark, very. See, I was, I was, I was, I was involved in it. I didn't own the name or nothing mm. like that. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I was just they got you look, be part of us. Mm. Rah, rah, halfway through it, not like. 
And anyway, London, I felt for so 2013, from probably say eight, nine years, in this time you had grime, dubstep, charts. Yeah. And I think, what, from where I come from and from what, what I know London for, biggest city in the world, music we're getting today is just really, really, it's, I, I can't believe what I'm hearing, like dubstep, no. I never liked it. No, never did it for me. I felt that this was like, for me, it was like, do people like this stuff? Because <laughs> this is like, if you're in a mental institute, yeah. play this to a guy, lock him in a room, <laughs> you make yeah. him even worse. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was, I was, I was just, I just thought, this is fucked, this whole London thing, and there was R&B and Bashment, and yeah. I, for me, it's not raving music, for no. me. Yeah, yeah. For people, for but for me, people, yeah. where I come from, it's, that's, mm. That's what I jumped out of my car around yeah, me, you know, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Long drive, maybe it's a bit R&B. And then Jamie Jones has come along. And yes. what he's done, he's fused it all back together again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You with me? Yeah, of course. He's, yeah, Judge Jewel with that horrible trance and you had yeah. the dubstep and you had the grime where yeah. it was just very aggressive and... Massively. Although it went big, it wasn't for me. But yeah. it was just... Yeah, yeah. Jamie Jones just, just, just sold it back up and... and yeah. And these tunes were getting played in Destination House. Okay. And um, the early Jamie Jones days, so too fast. Yeah, and, and you know what it was? I was, I was at the end of the day. I was. Uh, I I felt I had a lot of unfinished business, mm. and I, I I just had to make sure that I strike at the right time. Now I wasn't. Destination House, it was a good rave. Listen, yeah. It went off, yeah. yeah. What sort of numbers? A packed Coliseum, 1500, every okay. time, solid. Yeah, yeah. Packed Coliseum, this is my wife, my, my, my daughter's calling me. <laughs> my, my daughter's calling me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry, in case there's an emergency or something. Go on, just take that. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. so, um, I still felt it very divided, the house scene. It was either very black or very mm. white. Okay. That's one thing I noticed in 2011, 2012. Yeah. Was either the black house scene mm. or the white house scene. There yeah. wasn't no in between. Mm -hmm. And um, I liked all the stuff I heard. Uh, uh, the, the, all the Jamie Jones, the deep out, the percolators, yeah, all this yeah, all coming yeah. through now. I was thinking, you know what, I like all this. And then I'd, but there was the Perempes and the MA1s and all these type of DJs at the end of the day that. Um, um, I'm in a podcast. Go on. No, take it. Go on, I'm in a podcast, yeah? All right, mate. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Mark Radford and Cast Up Whilst Up on the Sunday. Yes. I spotted this. Yes. Yeah. And I felt, even, I felt this is, this is now the music now is... Mm. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. You're back passionate again. Even though, yeah, even though I wasn't really into that crowd on the Sunday, mm. but I've really now becoming passionate again, coming from 1989 yeah. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was hearing tunes that took me back to 89. Yes. Yeah, and I'm thinking, boy, I got these tunes that sounded like them tunes. Yeah. This is, it's in fact, yeah. this is pretty much fucking acid ass again. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, yeah. you know, acid ass wasn't acid music. Mm. It was just yeah, the, the name, the term. Mm. So now I went to strike. Why didn't I went to strike? 
So I'm thinking, so 2012, I'm watching now, I'm watching what's going on. I, I, my mate Owen Thomas Beckett, Asian guy, mm. told me to come do some parties in there. And I was going in there doing some parties. It wasn't my type of thing, to be fair, like a little old pub. Mm. Like, I only know about big clubs. Yeah. So I was doing some parties in there, and I thought, watching Radford and B3 and... Mm. And I thought, this is garage again. Okay, you noticed the patterns. Yeah, I yeah. noticed the pattern. Yeah. And I said, hit strike now. Yeah. Because there's something emerging here. Yeah. I could hear London music. Yes. There's something emerging here and a new trend of wave of producers from London. Yeah. I can smell garage again. Mm-hmm. So I started one in 2013. It was, I mean... 280 people, Thomas and Beckett, Old Kent Road. Yeah. Lineup was Pioneer, Super, Pioneer, Parempe, Fingerprint Me. Yeah. And then, great night, thoroughly mm. enjoyed it. I think I need to take this somewhere else now and, and expand this. Yeah. Ended up doing one more in there for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Really great night, in fact, when I was 10 in the morning. <laughs> Amazing night. Now I definitely wanted to move. Yeah. I need to now do what I wanted to do. House of Silk, come up with the branding, do the branding right, and this shitty fly is doing in Thomas Beckett, get the branding right, mm-hmm. start taking it from here. And you know what? It was exciting because there was a London house scene, a lot of London producers, talented Massian. Mm. Yeah. Louis Anderson, Taylor. Yes. Yeah. Night Shift. Yeah. Playtime Productions. Yes. Uh, a few more, and I was thinking, this is really... I, I mean, I was a big Hugo Massian fan. Yeah. Badman, Carneo came along yeah, after. Yeah, of course. Um, ne- there will never be another... T- that that time period you're talking about is responsible for why I'm here today. Yeah, well, it's not responsible for a lot of people. Um, you know, 2000, I think, 2012, 2013 is when I started raving. Yeah. And that was the sound. <laughs> that I, will, I will always have such <coughs> nostalgic memories. So anyway, I, don't, I went to Hidden... Yeah. September 2013. Did a party there. I had Radford, Cotier, Riaz, Zanani, Lance yeah, Morgan, Cote me, well. Shannon Amara. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Hidden was a hard venue. Where was that? Uh, Vauxhall. Okay. Hidden was a hard venue to promote, uh, to get people in. Mm. But for our wave, it was correct because we, we got in there, started putting people in. Mm. Pretty much I got a thousand people. Mm. in September and then I had the first birthday in January the 25th mm. and uh, 1400 people you've always Man. smashed out a January party haven't you January is very special for me <laughs> from years from yeah because I know you said January when you launched Pure Silk yeah. January and January 99 I had 2000 people outside Q Project in January January the 16th yeah in, two, in 1999 so a lot of promoters usually try and stay away from January January raves. I, I would still advise it, to be fair. Mm. I was just lucky. And you know what? I've got a big brand that can work. Otherwise, this is... This, this, this. I've seen people crash hard in January. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, hard. Have you had an event that has been a fucking disaster? Can be for anything. Can be because sound guy never turned up or this never happened or it flopped financially massively or an artist never turned up or... Can be any one of them reasons. But a pure silk in South End, and he's never turned up, and the fucking old crowd, the crowd ain't there for him. 
just kept motivated. I think Hearth Silk's keeping me motivated now. Yeah. Yeah. It's keeping me motivated. Music still motivated. What would you love, what would you still love to come from House of Silk? You done our beef recently. Well, the game's changed now where what I would have liked to have, uh, if it was still like before you say, right, House of Silk, mixed compilation, this, that, don't yeah. have that no more. No. Uh, but yeah, no, we, 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 we want to do like more, uh, try and break Europe a little bit. Okay. Not necessarily British, mm. but to yeah. the European. Because when I was in Pure Silk, I got to play in Germany, Switzerland. Okay. Uh, to them people, not the British. Yeah. The Dutch I played to New Year's Eve many times. I got to travel a bit in, in Pure Silk and uh, it's a different buzz playing to these different people. Mm. Not just British. It's yeah. a different thing. Yeah, honestly, it was... Uh, I, 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 what's happened to something like this a bit more? Mm. Definitely. I've been... Uh, Wanting to do a festival, and yes. I've been offered two or three things. Yeah, um, and that's going to come. Yeah. The time's got to be right. You're involved in the motor coming up, aren't you? Uh, no, that's oh, you're just DJing. Um, they've um, it's Insomniac, Shen Namara. Yeah, like Shen, yeah, I know it's Shen's it's their project. Okay. Um, obviously, they've just done a franchise with us, and uh, so what, have you got a House of Silk yeah. day? Yeah, in motor, one yeah. night in motor. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Um, obviously, that, Amsterdam. So did I in Napa um, yeah. last two years? I mean, it was uh, yeah, really good. Mm. Good, not the same. No, as when we was there, but very good. Um, Ibiza mm. back there this year, three dates. Yes, okay, uh, yeah, nice. Three dates, yeah. Um, Eden. Eden called us back. Yeah, yeah lovely. They yeah, they've done a uh, finalizing the deal tomorrow. Okay, um, but they're very keen for us <coughs> to be back. Um, but. I want to travel a bit more with the brand, mm. if I can, with the brand. Yeah. Yeah, I want to push the brand out a little bit because um, obviously, you know, there's been over the years, it's not been easy for people like House of Silk because people will, will want to... I, I found a little bit like it was like an apartheid type of thing. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. So I found like it was like well, there's Israel and that's the Gaza Strip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, it does come back to what we said at the beginning of the thing. People do stereotype. Yeah, no, you know what it was? Bit. I'll be honest with you, I went through it a lot. Mm. I went through it. Yeah. And to be fair, what I found with House of Silk, and I can only speak for myself, mm. It's, it's actually what made us very strong in the end mm. was this stereotype. Yeah. Because they'd say, oh, it was this bong bong type of music and mm. I, I don't know what they were talking, shit they were chatting about mm. in the end day. Yeah. People, I don't know what it was. Yeah. For me, it was sugar-coated stereotype, sh- racial type of... Racial, definitely. Yeah, 100%. That's what, that's what it was for me. 100% racial. That, that's what it was for me. 100%. Day, but... fuck themselves because when house music in this country 89, 88, 89, 90, it doesn't matter what mm. colour you was. No. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't matter how you dance. Mm. You're cussing us for the shakes. Yeah. 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 Have you been to some of these raves? So you know why they cuss the shapes? Because they couldn't dance they like that. They can't do it. They exactly. were dancing 
out of time. They went, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey. And when you've got these cats doing all this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's, that's skillful dancing. Definitely. Man. And when I was involved in Acid House as a raver, people doing a running man and all sorts. Like, yeah. You could do what you want. Mm. Yeah. So when these people are coming to house, I know this is how house music is, and you don't do this, you don't do that. It was a sugar-coated racial thing. Mm. I know who the people behind it was because you had brands out there telling their DJs you can't play past all. Mm. Yeah, certain brands. But I've looked back on your flyers on the Instagram, and there's a lot of people that have come through House of Silk that have gone on to brands such as Abode, for example, yeah. is one person in mind particularly. Um, that you've had as a DJ for House of Silk and gone on to Abode, you know, one of the other biggest event brands. Well, they were one of them. They, yeah. they, they told their DJs they can't play for me. They were one of them. Why, why do you think that is? You personally, why do you think it is that? Again, what we just said. Talking mm. about a bit of sugar-coated racism. Mm. Yeah. Basically. That's what it was. What do you think? Hood rave, this, that, Yeah, stuff. hood rave, get a rave. In the day, it's, uh... <sighs> it's always people that judge when they haven't been. That's what I found. You know what I found? That when people came to a... Uh, I'll tell you what rave put me on the map. Mm. 2015, January the 24th, Coronet. Yeah. 2,483 people. That rave put me on the map. Mm -hmm. People came... Thought, you know what, first song, this is such a sick rave. <laughs> Why do people? Yeah. And you know these raves that send secret links and all that, they've got mm. the problems, not us. Mm. Yeah. These raves that are sending, oh, message us for your secret link. Bob, you want to know what goes on these raves? Mm. They're, the, they're where you're getting the, 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 doing the 50 grand a table or 10, that's where you got the problems. Yeah. I won't do a fucking table in my rave, yeah? It, it, but it should have yeah. coded racism. Yeah. You got it from someone, some other people as well. Mm. I don't give a fuck because it made me stronger. Yeah. Look where I am. I don't know anyone getting my numbers. No. Print works in the daytime. Tobacco docks, yes. Yes. Daytime. Yeah. yeah nighttime. Yeah. Show me a rave that's getting me in the country. Mm. In the country. Forget London. That's getting 3,000 people at night. Show me that fucking rave. Regular. Regular. Show me that rave. Mm. No, it's true. I passed by 338 yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. 600 people. Mm. 700 people. Yeah. You, have you played it 338? Uh, when, when it wasn't 338. Okay. 338 have a little bit of a stigma towards people like us for some reason. Yeah. I don't really give a fuck about them. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen. You're going to get this, this type of thing. House of Silk 338 would be mad. I know. Yeah. Might. yeah. I couldn't see it happening. No. <laughs> I couldn't see it happening. But it would be, it, it would be good. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah. you're there for what? Uh, UK Garage Fest? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean... What do you play at UK Garage Fest? This? House. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know what? I've got a lot of garage remixes of House. Okay. Yeah, loads. Nice. I'm on, I've got so much. And, yeah. Uh, it's a bit more commercial. When you're playing at the Garage Nation, it's probably a bit more what they know. Go yeah. back to the blue jeans okay, and yeah, this yeah. type of thing. And yeah. Just play, just play, just play, play clever. Play for clever. the people. Play for, yeah, play for the people. 
It's always about playing for the people. 100%. And what's been happening in these fucking raves over the last five, six, seven years is they're booking artists that have got no connection with. If you go back to some of these brands you just talk about, mm. people don't like the music, you know? Mm. No, they're there because they've seen it on Instagram. Yeah, they don't like the fucking music. No. We program so you get the crowd-pleasing music. We, we, and I see a disconnection with the artist playing and the crowd. It's just like they're being forced to, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, look at the next person. You fucking clapping as well. <laughs> yeah. or, or it's their mate and, and they're having to, where you have to be raving now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're really expressing the yourself. The DJs at House of Silk are firm crowd favourites. Jack and Danny, for example. They have such a large fan base that will come to House of Silk to see them play. Yeah. For Just for example, Sam Supplier, obviously. Yeah, I mean, People, they're, they're every rave, Jack and Danny. Every just, rave. So, yeah. So I like to keep my crowd pleasers and I always say to the people that want to try and break through, like, you, you get... You know what I find with DJs of today? Mm, go on, because you must have seen the change. They don't want to put the groundwork in. No. They want it fucking now. They mm. want it now. They want yeah. it. Basically, they, they, they want to be Michael Jackson now, mm. and they want Billie Jean the hit tomorrow morning. Yes. What they didn't want to do is go through the fucking process of the Jackson 5. That's what they didn't want to fucking do. That's a very good analogy. You understand? That's a very good That's analogy. That's what they didn't fucking want to do. You see Mikey? Yeah. He was in the Jackson 5, leading yeah. it from five years old. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then went on to become Michael Jackson. Yes. Then yeah. brought you Billy Jean. Beat yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These cats now, they want it now. They want it One overnight. tune, little release on a label, yeah. and they think that's it. Yeah. But uh, some of the stigma, I got it from the DJs as well, that, we, that came through us. Yeah. Some of these London house DJs, yeah, they were showing each other snobbery. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they were showing me snobbery. Yeah. Oh, we can't play for House of Silk. Mm. Pardon? I think you're fucking mental. If you turn down House of Silk, an opportunity to play at Great Suffolk Street Warehouse <coughs> for, for two and a half thousand people, yeah. you've you know really what? got to question your head. These DJs now, well, I'll tell you five years ago, that were saying, no, you can't play there because this one... But, you're not part of that scene. They're never going to fucking book you. This is where you come from. Make your thing better. You know these DJs, five or six of them, mm. you know in the last two years they've all come running back to me. Of course. Yeah, all of them. Of course. Every fucking single one of them. Yeah, of course. And um, I've taken a few back. One or two, so I just don't want to bother. I mean, you know, mm. one, one guy I was a fan of was Aaron Vrone. Yes. Difficult guy. Just uh, <laughs> blast. Uh, I've put him calling out names on blast. Not really, no, no, because I was a fan of Aaron Brown. Okay, all right. yeah. yeah, yeah. I was a fan of him and, and, and I wanted him to play at my events and uh, he did. And then one day I phoned him up, no, I'm not playing at your event no more. No, what I moved on, you know, he's moved on. It's not, it's not your type, of, it's not my type of thing. Oh. I said, one day you might wake up and want to play, never. <laughs> well, okay, cool. <laughs> He actually hit me up a little while ago and we tried to make it work again and it just wouldn't work. Mm. Where, where are you at with how DJs are right now with management and fees and what are you thinking of the whole scene right now? Is? It's a big problem because I think when you're putting on a party, you've got to look at what's going on that month because you've got to look at the finances of people that are coming out. Mm. You're coming out, it's not just a ticket they need. No. Tickets, £20, £25, £18, yeah. £15. Mm. You need travel money on top of that. Of course. You're going to need 
some sort of personal fuel money, food, i.e., yeah. etc. You're gonna need a couple of drinks. Yeah. You might want to fucking suck a balloon <laughs> when you come out or go in. Yeah. That's yeah. You need drug money. Mm-hmm. And when you work this all out. You're spending coin out, right? Right. So how many raves can you go to? Mm. And when you've got these big DJs that are charging 60, 70, 80,000 pound, yeah? And it's got to be 50, 60 pound a ticket, mm. yeah? It doesn't work. How can a youngster now, 60 pound a ticket is going to need 130, 40 pound with all his day. drugs, yeah? yeah? To go out that night. Yeah, all day. How many times can you do that a month? Once or twice. If that. Yeah. So that's for the real big, big artists yeah, yeah, that are yeah. the big money. I think they're fucking up the game right now. I mm. think, and, and they don't care because they're on the global circuit. Yeah. So whether this territory goes down for them or not. They're still going to get booked in Brazil and there you wherever. Go. Yeah. You're with me, indeed. But some of these fees, the problem you're having, I find, is that you're not getting the right return. Mm. You hear me? Yeah. The return is how they get 80 grand. And how, I mean, how can you afford? I mean, I, I know some of the big that are using these that I got them exclusive, they're not making no money, you know? No. no. It's just good luck for them. They're their working band. on tomorrow's ticket money. Yeah. If you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. working on tomorrow's ticket money to pay for yesterday's rave. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's how people are working out here. Wow. With me, I'm more about the books have to balance. And, of course. Yeah. Otherwise, there's no business. Not going to ask you who, but what's the most expensive artist fee that you've paid? I won't. <laughs> I've got a structure mm-hmm. and I won't go past it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I won't go past a couple bags. Yeah. I don't give a fuck who it is. For an hour. I mean, I, come I on. Don't, I, I, don't, I don't. Hustle, the brand is the headline. Me. Yes, okay. And that's the package of it's DJs. I'm not it, focusing yeah. on one particular DJ or yeah. he come and see him because he ain't got that you, you ain't got that Michael Jackson effect. Mm. Yeah. You ain't got that fucking effect out here, bro. Mm. You ain't got it. It's true. The MJ effect. You ain't fucking got it, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say in the day. Even these couple of bag DJs, you think they're bringing me? No, they're not bringing the they're not bringing the couple bags back to you. They're playing they're, they're playing to my audience. Yeah. It's my platform. They're mm. not bringing me shit. Mm. In the day, so um, I, I I won't spend more than that on one two, mm. and I have my structure. And mm. I want if for me it's about the party, it's about the brand, it's about you know what you're getting in hassle. Definitely, change it up, offer new things. Hundred mm. percent, offer new things, but don't tamper with recipe too much. Where I've seen people tamper with recipes. Mm. And now and then either here or there. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're just like, who were probably market leaders are probably not the market leaders no more. Yeah. They've tampered too much. They've mm. tinkered. It's fucked them up a little bit. And uh, yeah. The, the, the DJ fees, I don't need them. I, I never needed Martinez or Jamie Jones or Mark no. Crowder. No. I've never needed them. Yeah. I'll never need them. No. I didn't start with them. I, I, I don't need to finish with them, mm. if you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, of course, you've got your recipe. This is my recipe. Yeah. These are my Martinez, Jamie's, and my rave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Basically, this is my, uh, yeah. this is who we, because 
some of, some of the, those house events don't want to recognise some of these DJs. I told you, it's like an Israel, mm. Gaza Strip, yeah. West Bank yeah. type of thing. Yeah. You with me? Yeah. 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 They fail to recognise where some of, some of us DJs go to some of them tearing the fucking place apart, bruv. I know. Not standing there like some wussy, yeah. one leg in the air. Because what I'm finding with DJs as well is that it's about the gram. Mm. And the DJ's playing a track. He's got a good reaction. Now he wants to start cuddling every fucker in the box. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh. And just because the fucker got a good reaction. Yeah, I know. That's not fucking DJ. No. Or they, they've, they've got a tune, a new tune. Yeah, and if they don't have a video of them playing it live, it's like it doesn't exist. That's not, that's not DJing. Like, if you've got a good reaction... Brilliant. That's, that's, yeah. that's your that's job. That's what your job is, yeah. That's what you're, that's meant, what to you're meant to do, yeah? Mm. When I've got a good reaction, I'm looking at the crowd and thinking, right, my head is what's on two, three tunes later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I know what I'm doing next. Mm. What am I doing after that? You got cats out here, start, start hugging this man. Start, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, you know what, this is this is this is this is not what DJing's about. No. no. And then now you've got too much clapping going on during the sets. Yeah. Too much. <laughs> yeah. Of course I do acknowledge yeah. cool. Like keep going. Yeah. You know, get them, get, do your thing, but I'm just finding this stupid little hugging and too much clapping. And it's just dead. Too much posing. It's dead, like, dead. Yeah, someone I always see at House of Silk, and I'll have to know how this has come about. Jammer. Jammer. How do you know Jammer, and how is Jammer at every House of Silk? Jammer's a big House of Silk fan, man. Jammer's been actually, Jammer's been coming to House Race for a long time. Yeah. yeah he yeah. loves it, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he loves when it. When he's he, there, he loves he, it. He loves House of Silk. Yeah. When did you first meet? When did you first you know, meet Jammer? I've known Jammer since Jammer was a three-year-old kid. No way. Yeah, yeah, because Jammer's dad used to do a roller hockey team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was on the fringes of it. Okay. Uh, back in the day, Jammer's got a Jammer's yard. Yeah, Jammer was a baby. Yeah. And Jammer actually was uh, also a garage producer near around two thousand. And uh, yeah, I remember he did a Foxy Brown bootleg. Okay. 2001, yeah, 2001, yeah, I was banging it and I loved it. I said, yeah, and uh, I said, just make me a dub place. I went to his house. Yeah. I went in the cellar. Yeah, well, where, where they filmed the whole... Yeah, uh, that's where his, yeah, uh, yeah Jammer's... Studio uh, yeah, is, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I remember Jamie was there and Frisco and a couple of... I didn't know who they were at that time, yeah. to be fair, but I knew it was Jamie after yeah. that was Jamie. Okay. Was there, yeah. And he made a dub plate in front of me. So I was a dub plate king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he made a dub plate in front of me. Um, and yeah, Jammer, Jammer's dad's a legend, man. So from the game, just... Um, one of the first raves I went to was Jammer's dad rave. He'd done a rave with Lyndon C. Wow. Yeah, and I was 13. Mad. 13. And Lyndon C was playing. Okay. Lyndon C was a big DJ, bro. Like, yeah. Big-ass DJ. He was, he, was, he, was, he was a well-known guy, Lyndon C. And uh, yeah, Jammer, Jammer's he's been around, man. He's, he's done his thing, you know. Yeah. Um, Great producer, obviously, with the grime stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> he's done his thing, Jammer, in the day, do you know what I mean? Mm. He's, um, yeah, it's just, he's been around for time. He's made me dub play and then just, he's just been around. You know? But he's, he comes to HOS quite a lot. I love seeing him there. Yeah. He absolutely loves it. He loves it. He loves it. <laughs> Should have got him on, man, interview. Do you know what? <laughs> 
Jammer, if you're out there, if you're listening, I'd love to have a sit down with Jammer. Yeah. It'd be very interesting what yeah. he's done for his scene and that circle. He's another, he's, he's got a god, really. He's up there with the Wileys, 100% yeah. of, of that for me. Yeah. Production wise, lyrical. Yeah. He's been, Jammer's like, his music's his life, man. Jammer. Yeah. It's his life. Yeah. Mm. He's been at this for a youngster. So this is really all you've known, isn't it? Really, music as a as a income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, I mean, I mean, I've through music, I've yeah got a little property portfolios and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've to do and but I just haven't known anything else. Sick. I've just I've tried. Um, I haven't really tried anything else. Do you know what I mean? So, a few yards, went to uh, done them up. Yeah, them, keeps you a little bit busy yeah, outside of an like, event. You know what I mean? Yeah. But as for, um, it's a conveyor belt, this thing. Mm. And there's a limited amount of time and what I've seen over the years. Yeah. And you're on that belt and you'll drop off at a certain point. And I've been lucky that, obviously, the garage thing dropped off mm. and being able to reinvent myself, rebrand. Definitely. And being able to come back. Mm. That's been a big factor for me because I see like the garage guys, mm. they'd love to be doing what I'm doing. 100%. Yeah. And You've they've jumped onto me. another conveyor belt. They've all told me that. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course. They've all told me, they said, yes, we'd love to be doing what you're doing. But um, I think to be successful, you can't just do something and hope for the best. You've got to have a little plan. Mm. You've got to have a little bit. You've got, you've got to have vision. Yes. Most important thing, Anything you want to do and you want to be successful, the vision's got to be there. Mm. Plan as you go along, but you have the vision and you have, you must have belief. You look at Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. This guy's full of confidence and was always full of confidence. Mm. You've got to believe you're the best. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in five years' time? I think it's still doing the same old shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, at the end of the day, listen, I'm, once you're an established name you, with what I'm doing and the power of what I've got mm. at the end of the day, you know what I mean? You'd always be in and around doing this. Yeah, of course. You and me, look, anything can happen, you can drop off tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, firstly, I hope I'm still alive in five years' time. I think, you think, yeah. I think so. And secondly, you know, I just... I enjoy I enjoy what I'm doing at the end of the day. I mm. think that when I stop enjoying this, yeah, that I'll, I'll look at stopping it. Yeah, yeah. you got to enjoy this. Hundred percent. Yeah, you got to enjoy this. If you don't enjoy it, look, the promotion part can be stressful. Yeah, I can imagine. But we're DJs as well. That's the fun bit. It's it's it's, it's absolute fun. Yeah, and you know, playing music and to these. Big audiences. I can't. I mean, look. You look, Max. You're you're doing your thing. You're getting you're, there. You're you're, you're you're starting organically. Yeah. 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 And all you want to do is probably play to a big audience and, yeah, have, a, and have a regular audience. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? It's it's the best thing you could ever do. Yeah. It's an unbelievable feeling. People say your best job in the world. Mm. You never class it as a job. No. Never will. Never will class it as a job, the, the DJ, even though we, we get good money. Yeah, of course. Whatever. I've never classed it as a job and I never will. So when's, when you, let's say... You tell me. Yeah, yeah, go on. What job can you go to where you can play music, 
dance with a girl in a DJ box, <laughs> smoke a split. <laughs> Have a few drinks. Have a drink. Yeah. And if you like, you get a fucking blowy. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst you're playing. And get pa- and get fucking paid for it. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Show me a no, you, can't. you show me a job. You can't you It's can, not a job. You can't call that a job. No. That whoever's sitting there saying I'm a DJ. This is my job. I've seen DJ. Yeah. And it's the best job in the fucking world. I think I think when you're classing it as a job. I think, you're, I think you're taking a percentage of the fun element out of it. Definitely. I think so. Mm. Yeah. For me, it's been one big fucking party. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's been one big party. Look, there's a business side of it. I've got to be clever. Yeah. Absolutely. But I see it. Best job in the world. And mm. this, I, I, I see one girl. Well, this is my job. No, and this is my job. It's one girl that's coming up quite a bit yeah. now. She, yeah. uh, she's about, yeah. You will know her. Okay. Just gassing on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's my job. And I'm just yeah. thinking, you know what? You're fucked. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this is your job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've got agents and yeah, you get this. and yeah. But you know what, Andy? Uh, you got what like I just said to you. Like, what mm. job are you going to go and smoke a spliff, go and dance mm. and have a drink and, and yeah. do all this? And then like, you show me that job. So when you're like, you're out with Mrs. Escher at a dinner party or, or your kids, yeah. you know, so, what does your dad do? What would they say? Yeah, my kids are quite grounded, you know. And event they're, they're very, very proud of. He's what? in events, or what, what would they say? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. DJ. He's a DJ. Yeah, yeah. Like my son now is. Uh, my mum, uh, my wife's brought him up really well. <laughs> Just the wife. <laughs> no, she installed some really good um, yeah. attributes in them. They love it, especially my my daughter started working at the events. And she I think saw, I met her at Scarlet. Oh, her dad does. In, she was, and, and all her mates, oh yeah, oh yeah. That, that part of it, but they're still quite, they're very, doesn't, mm. they're, I'm their dad. Yeah, of they, course. You know what I mean? It's just not a normal, of course it's, it's not they a love normal, it. yeah. Got, yeah, got a nice hype dad, and, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's not like an old fogey. Old, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. So that part of it, yeah, that, that, that my son absolutely loves it. Like, he'll, he'll sit there, my son, and he'll write, thinking, right, okay, he'll do lineups. Yeah. My son, yeah. How old is he? He's 18. Okay. So he'll sit there and write, Shane Amara. Yeah. <laughs> Jack and Danny. Yeah. Mark Radford. And he'd try to find them on WhatsApp. And he gets their numbers. <laughs> he'd start texting them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's your artist liaison, and basically. Then, and then Shane will tell me, yeah, your son texts me. Sick. Fuck, so you kidding me? <laughs> Sick. And then that beef, he said, yeah, beef, because your son's sexy me. So my, my son. It's the future, It's the future. And, but what I wanted to do with my son was, at the end of the day, he's like... Didn't want to expose too young. No, I was going to say, how do you feel about it? Has he been to a house of silk? No. Would you want him to come to a house of silk? He's going to be 18. Um, he'll come, no doubt, at some point. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, he'll come to a house of silk at some point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I'll start him off at, I've got a stage this year at a festival, so I'll probably okay. start him off there. Yeah, yeah. And break him in slowly. Yeah, I, what it was, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do what I was doing. And, and just, I think now in this day and age, it's just, I didn't want to expose too young to getting drugs and mm. they don't smoke or drink or anything like that. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? Good. They, they don't. They don't, yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. do that. Do you know what I mean? They're not yeah. into that. Nothing. Yeah. So, no doubt they'll do something at some point in life. But I just wanted to make sure that at these ages, yeah, mm. they're not exposed to nothing too early. Yeah. I think that's sensible. Yeah, that, that's my main concern. And my daughter works for me. She's very grounded as well. Yeah. 
sort of once she finishes work at three o'clock, she'll come in for an hour, hour and a half, and then she's gone. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? For them, it's, it's, it's different when you're working. You still get to read massively. Yeah. So, but my son loves it. He watches me on YouTube. He loves it. You yeah. know, he wants to do it, and I'm and, and I'm showing him now slowly how to. Is he mixing as well? Well, I don't. What he's got to do is just listen to the tracks first. Yeah, yeah. You got to find them tunes that make you want to play them. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to the tracks first. Where's your garage records? Okay, now it's uh. My mother-in-law's got a cellar half full of them. My sister-in-law's got half of them in her warehouse. No. My loft's full of them. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a setup at home? Uh, yes, I have, but I haven't got enough for, uh, room for the records. Okay. Yeah. So what's your setup at home? Just uh, CDJs and uh, Pioneer Mixer. Okay. Yeah. Just, um, I mean, I'll do about half an hour, hour a week. Yeah. Yeah, hour a week. Yeah. Go for the new tunes. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just got, like, you know... Have a little mix. Yeah. Once it's in you, it's in you. Mate, mate, I've been doing it long. If you've been doing it, how long I've been doing it? Yeah. The CDJ thing is a piece of piss anyway. Yeah, you know I mean? of course. It's, like, it's a piece of piss, mate. Yeah, I know. One, two, six. One, two, six. Piece of piss. I mean, um, where vinyl went in? I still, my vinyl's still set up at home. Yeah. The techniques. Still yeah, yeah. I would never sell them. And you know what? I couldn't sell my, my garage collection. No. No. Someone said to me, yeah, I'm selling my collection. And I just think, I don't know, you, you, you won't know this, but as a DJ, when you went and bought all these records, mm. you know, you know what fucking records you got, bro. I've started collecting. Yeah? Yeah, you I've started collecting. You know what fucking tunes you got. Yeah. Yeah? You know what's on the B side, yeah? Mm. You know your shit. Yeah. You will know, oh, that tune, yes, that label. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I couldn't. There's so much garage. That's not on YouTube. Underground. I garage. know. Underground. I know. I'm talking '96, '97, '98 garage. Mm. Like, you know what? A popper. Yeah. It's not on YouTube. Mm. I couldn't sell my collection. I couldn't do it. I, I don't. I wouldn't do it. I, no. Me, I'd have to be really fucking down and out. <laughs> Broke. Yeah. <laughs> Broke. Busted. I just couldn't do it. No. no, it's a very personal, special thing, a record collection. Yeah. The whole process is special. You know what it was? Going to a record shop, I'd go to two. The person that's serving you, he knows your style. Mm. He knows what's for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kept it for you. There's only 10 of these. Kept yeah, me one yeah, yeah. No, that's for you. Yeah. You know that part of it? That's nice. That personal. Yeah, touch. And all, all the DJs had this. Mm. Yeah. You're missing that. You're really meeting other DJs. You've got a black market on a, on a, on a, on a Friday. Mm. You'd see Carl Tough Enough, Brown, Matt Jam, Lamont. Yeah. Uh, noodles. You'd see all sorts of DJs there because there was uh, Darblay Street in Soho. Okay, yeah. Black market <clears throat> uptown on the same street, yeah? Yeah. Mate, fucking hell. You see, it was so good. You'd go up there, you'd get... You'd, and different record shops would get different white labels mm. and you'd never get them again in any other shop or ever again. Yeah. I've missed that culture. Definitely. Com- I think it's coming back though a little no, bit. No, it ain't coming back. It no? Never, it will never come back because let me tell you about that culture there, yeah? Once you had that tune, no one getting that tune, you know, bro. Mm. You couldn't get that tune. Yeah. You had that tune, they had to come to you to fucking play that. Yeah, yeah, Here, you yeah. play that track. Yeah. I remember when I was raving, I had to go, uh, certain tunes that Fabio was playing or... Mm. Rider or... You have to listen to them to you, hear that to tune. To hear that tune, yeah. you're going to have to hear them. 
Yeah. You're not going to get it anywhere. That part of it, that was the best part of being a DJ in the vinyl days. Yeah. That was the best part of it. Yeah. That part of it went. But what I will say is, my last three years, if that's what I've been focusing on, tunes that no one can get. That's very important and something that's and massively you can't missing. Shazam. Yes. If yeah. you go to my latest Heart Silk CD now, yeah, you'll st- you'll struggle with half that CD. What are we on part part twenty two or twenty twenty nine? You're gonna struggle with that CD to Shazam half of it. All right, look, unreleased special bits. Yeah, loads. DJS's loads. personal inbox. Loads, loads. Yeah. Just, just, just. That's a big part of DJing. Massively. From where, like, that's a big part. That's why I say I can't deal with this whole. You know them people that have playing the tune and getting a reaction to start cuddling the whole box? Yeah. You're not a DJ. No. You're not a fucking DJ because if that's how you're feeling, mm. that after every, you got to start cuddling everyone, yeah? <laughs> you're not a DJ. You're not meant to be there. You're in it for the wrong reasons. Mm. Definitely. A lot of people are getting into DJing and music for the wrong reasons. Instagram hasn't helped. You look at half of these house DJs on the other so-called whatever, they're fucking yeah. shit. They're, 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 there's nothing to them. What they have got is they know how to behave in the right circles. Yes. They know how to lick ass and talk correctly. Yeah. And they know how to join into that culture, that mm-hmm. little... The clicky, know, the clicks. Yeah, they that, join the click. That little culture and, do you know what I mean? And, and, and mm. just, But as for talent, you know, where I came from, it was about talent. Yes, and hard work. Yeah, Practice. late 80s, early 90s, mid 90s, it was about talent. You mm. gave me a fucking cassette in, the promoter would listen to you, it makes me, you know, it's hard, I'm going to put... Yeah. Now it's about how you're looking, how you follow, how many followers you got. Um, it's just, it's, half these DJs are shit out of you. Mm. Yeah. A lot of the DJs I've seen, they're not talented enough to be DJs. Mm. They're not talented enough. So I'm not talking about my rave because I'm, no. I'm booking DJs in my rave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm booking the crowd pleasers. I'm booking you. Yeah. You, you can't just get on my rave. No. You, you need to be able to knock people off. But some of these events I'm going to, I'm watching the people, half oh, of them are not, they're not naturally gifted. There's nothing no. to them. I'm thinking like, some of these big brands have got five or six residents. I'm looking at you, they're fucking dead. Mm. It's about how they're looking and oh, I've got the new hipster beard. And, uh, yeah, oh, I meet you in Shoreditch. In the, it's it's yeah. fuck off. You're not a fucking DJ. You're a dickhead. You're a fucking dickhead. And you're not fucking doing nothing for the scene. You've got no talent. No ravers fucking calling your names. Yeah. The ravers call a lot of our names. Definitely. What, our, what we do. Yeah, I know. A lot of what you'll find, a lot of these bland house DJs and, Mm. Other, like I said, like the whole Israel Gaza Strip type of thing. Like, there's not much talent, man. There's, uh, it's boring. It's the producer DJ. I'm not talking about them because yeah, they because they have to earn their money, yeah. right? So they're making the music, and uh, back in the day, they, they would sell their music and get paid. Now to, mm. to get paid, you go have to go out, go out and do. Mm. Shit. I'm, I'm not, I mean, half of them haven't got it. And we know that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> sure. But I'm talking about as general DJs that I'm watching out there that are just doing what hugging and this mm. and nonsense. The level of DJing standard has dropped massively. 
Because the skills don't have to be there to be a DJ. No, they right? don't. The art's gone. Yeah, the art's gone. The art's gone. But what I try to do is still keep a bit of art form mm. in my raves. Mm. That's very important for me. Yeah. I'll take a lot of risks, me, when I'm mixing, how I'm mm-hmm. playing. I'll, I'll take a lot of risks. The art's gone. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Not a long time ago, in fact. Um, but I still, I, I'm very all about trying to incorporate the art because when you look at my rave, Jack and Annie can play well. Mm-hmm. They've got a distinct style. Sam Supply's got his own style. Yeah. That's his style and it seems yeah. to work for him. Um, How long you known Sam? Must be a while. Sam's been around as a garage MC, so he was in yeah. that uh, he was 17 years old. So like what, 20, yeah, 20 years deep? Yeah, he was uh, so he's trying to do his thing. Mm. Supplier, he's been around being a club owner and all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah I know. He's, he's done a lot. He's you know, from a young kid yeah. as well, so he's done well. Uh, for what he's trying to do at the end of the day. And he's a bit more of a showman. Yeah. Yeah. You book Sam Supplies, the personality. He's a bit more a showman. And, and, and you've seen it at my events. The minute he comes on, the amount of phones that come up. The, standing yeah. on the table and hair swinging. And that, that's him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's great. He's like your rock star. He's, yeah, he's the rock star. Yeah, he's he's like the rock star of the house soon. That's what he is at the end of the day. And he, it's something different. Yeah. There's no other Sam Supplier type of DJ in my rave. No. This is what Sam done. He's helped me a lot over the years with a lot of things. Yeah. So I've, uh, I've uh, had him on board. Yeah, he does his thing. It's different. I like to have different. Yeah. You've got... Um, I know you do your New Year's with B3. Yeah, with B3 and Shenin, yeah. Yeah, B3 that, and Shenin. That's, that's a big link up, you three. That was a good party. You know, both years, we really enjoyed this year's party. Yeah. Um, Really good, yeah. That's good, yeah. Be free, Shannon. Different combination. Yeah, it's a nice. Different, different recipe. Do you enjoy working with other promoters, or you? You know what? Um, I work on my own with House Silk. I know, obviously, for yeah, House Silk, you know but when what? you're that's, doing that's like a beef, the biggest plus for me because yeah. I, I haven't needed anyone. Mm. I've done this before. Yeah. On a bigger scale. Mm. So I don't need any. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I've been able to adapt to the modern way of how things mm. how things move, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um what I find working with other promoters sometimes can be problems. Yeah, just he hasn't done this and he, with me I know what I've got to do. Mm. This is me, this is my money, blah blah blah. It's a lot of money you gotta fight. Said, Listen, these raves are not cheap, mate. Mm. Before you even think about starting a rave what are you making sure is around you before you even think about doing... What do you mean? Dough-wise. Before you even think about putting a lineup, an artwork, you even think about putting House of Silk on a poster, what are you making sure you're good to go with? 20, 30? Yeah, you just put 20, 30,000 pounds, mate. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, but I'd say for anyone that's starting... Start small. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who start an event, start small and work your way up slowly. Mm. Best way. You know why? It'll be the best way, but you need to have the balls to be able to take it to the next level, next level, next level. Yeah. I've been able to grow myself. Mm. Like, no problem. Grow myself, no problem. I've been up to festivals this year um, mm. to do my own. Yeah. Uh, that'll probably happen next year. Mm-hmm. There was no rush. No, there's not. No. And I'm not someone that's got to do something because someone else is doing it. Mm. I'm not. I, like, there is promoters around me. Yeah. 
because we got to do it. Yeah. We have to do that venue. We've got to do it because he's left us behind. Yeah. And if we don't, uh, nah, nah. Do everything in your pace. Do, do it, you, it's got to be right for you. Mm. Not because he's taking us over or I don't care who's number one. As long as my party is where I want it to be, mm. that's all I care about. I'm putting on good events. Mm. Most important thing. I'm very conscious about my customers, what they, what they think and what they say. Yeah. You know, and I, uh, and I will pick random regulars who have been with me and just give them free tickets. Yeah, it's you nice. Know, all the time, I just always do it. I, you know what I mean? Uh, people have been, now there's people who have been with me from day one who have paid solid for six years. Mm. Now we'll get the next four years for free. Do you know how silk members? Babe, above this, 11 people every rave that have been with me from day one that paid for five, six solid years now mm. to die for the pay for themselves. Lovely. Nice. Because it's important, man. Because these people have been with me from day one. Yeah. And the conveyor belt splits them off every two and a half years. Changes. Yeah. Because mm. people's life changes. You might have a partner, you might have kids, new job, new focus. You've got to work in days. People so, stop uh, raving. Yeah. People's friends stop going out because they have partners and kids. Mm. Well, but yeah, I, I would say start small and, and grow it at the end of the day. Mm. And um, if you're going to do an event for the sake of doing an event, then there's not much longevity in it for you and you'll lose money and mm. you don't know what you're doing. You've got to know what you're doing mm. as well. And love what you do. A promoter, um, most of us are DJs. Yeah, but if you're not a DJ and you're a promoter, mm. you'll, you'll come unstuck at some point. Hundred percent, you're fucked. At yeah. some point, you're fucked because yeah. you've got to know where you're going, what direction, what styles. You know these things. They fine tune you what mm. you're about, mm. and there's a thin line between these uh, how you can fuck up mm. and how you how you can't. Because look, go on Beatport now. It's all house music. Yeah. How much were you like on there? I stopped using Beatport, funny enough. I'm saying, yeah. Hypothetically, yeah. I don't need Beatport. No. I'm saying, mm. hypothetically, if you go on there, yeah. There's thousands of tunes. How many will you like? There you go. Yeah. And it's the same with what you're doing it in there. You, you got, you got, you got to stamp your what you're about. If you look at us, what we're doing, house silk, house passion, mm. audio whore. We're all slightly different to each other. If yeah. You look at it, if you look at the demographics of what we do. Mm -hmm. There's a different element to us completely. Definitely. Yeah. One thing about the, th the difference, I've got a much more of a national following than, than the other two. Yeah. 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 You see, when you're in your rave, you see Birmingham you yeah. guys, you see the Manchester guys, you Portsmouth, see Leeds. You see all sorts of, the hotels around the venue, around yeah. the ravers. Yeah. And you see a different element in, in House Passion, which mm. I haven't got. Yeah. And then you'll see a very different element in Audio Hall that I don't have. Yeah. So we've all got our differences at the end of the day, like mm. of what we do. But um, when you first saw like the first audio hall, the first house passion, how did it make you feel? What do you mean? Like, because obviously it was a similar. You all well, kind of house started. House passion and us we started at the same time. Same time, yeah. yeah. So I played. I played. Uh, I've been at house passion. Yeah, day one. yeah, yeah. Audio hall. They were doing destination house. I was in destination house, and they were doing audio. So they just started. So yeah. um, they started because of. Destination House. Okay. 
Um, so all you all been around a long time. They've been doing their thing, but uh, yeah. they started off one way and then drastically changed to another. Mm. Um, and just I don't know, man. They've tampered a lot as well over yeah. the years with the identity. I think. Mm. Yeah. But the one thing they've had is consistency, mm. and that's what you need. Consistency. They've been around from 2011 till now doing their thing. Um, that's that's not easy. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a long time. Past passion started with me, alongside me, and I've been with him. So we've pretty much been hand in hand. Mm. Two different things, really, what I'm doing. I've got a garage element, blah, blah, blah. Different, yeah. Different recipe. Yeah. Know, that, tunnel, uh, that tunnel free yeah. is... But Audio Hall, I've played for Audio Hall. Yeah. I really enjoy playing for them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah do, do, Audio Hall Boxing Day is a wonderful party. Yeah. I've, legendary You know party. what? I, I've, play, I've played some good ones at Audio Hall. Mm. Really, really good ones. Uh, and I used to like it when it went... So they were in the Coronet. They were in the Coronet. 2015, I went... Yeah, to an they, older they, 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 done, they done a lot of raising the coronet, yeah. yeah. And I thought I, I supported all their events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, like I said, they're programmed some wrong artists. Mm. I think they're, sometimes they're programmed not the right people yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but now they've come probably, they're probably doing a little bit the same what I'm trying to do. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. One or two guests and get the London lot and blah mm. blah blah, but that I mean this concept is just, I, I I've created my concept and stuck with it. Yeah. And but they've been so consistent mm. to, to stick around regularly. Um, yeah, good thing, Majesty cheeky. But I bit oh, they 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 did tunnels first. Okay. And when I went in there, I thought, yeah, amazing. Yeah. They did a weekend once, Friday and Saturday. Yeah, I remember that. I went to it. That was a great weekend. Yeah. Yeah, really, really thoroughly enjoyed myself that weekend. Mm. Um, and I remember that. And they, they, listen, Cheeky does his thing, man. He's involved in other things as well. He's doing a lot of other things. Yeah. He's someone I would like to get on here yeah, at some point. Yeah, so. he's, he's there, man. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's, he's up for anything. Yeah, he's, he's about. He, yeah, I'll give him that. I'll give him that. He, he, he puts his... Uh, he's got big balls. Yeah. 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 He's got big balls. Um, for business, mm. yeah, give him that. Big up Stephen C yeah, every time. Yeah. Well, S, this has been the longest Max's House podcast episode. I knew it was going to be like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, we've covered everything. Thank you for being so open, so honest. Yeah, yeah. I think this is going to be a very, very interesting watch, listen back for a lot of people. Is there anything you want to add, final dates, etc.? Yeah, well, this year is going to be uh, every year. Well, I've, one thing I've enjoyed being in house every year is that every year I've had something exciting to look, f- look forward to, something mm. different. And uh, and this year again, so like uh, Ibiza have contacted us and they, they, they want to put on the party three dates this time where they'll just, you know what I mean, pretty much pay for everything. Lovely. Um, so I'm looking forward to Ibiza again this year and the mortar's popped up now. So, yeah. Um, I found that we had to create our own destiny a little bit in this game. Mm-hmm. I slot yeah. a little bit. But um, yeah, I've got a stage at a festival this year. Um, yeah. Which I'm going to make the announcement in a couple of weeks. It's going to be in September. Okay. In um, so every year I've got something to look forward to. You know, I've had festival in Bristol, uh, a stage. Mm. I'll probably be in Ayanapa again every Saturday. Yeah. Just really enjoying it. I think the one thing I've been able to do this time round in house silk than pure silk is just enjoy it more. Yeah. For the moment. Mm. I was a lot younger, a lot of success, very young. 
very composed and very grounded though, but I'm enjoying this so much more mm. now for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. appreciating it. I probably had more success in, in Garage, mm. but I'm loved more in this. I think it depends what you define success as, doesn't it? I'm loved a lot more yeah. the fan base. I feel like we can interact with them more. I just love more. Yeah. And when people love what you're doing, it gives you more motivation to carry on. I think yeah. when, like, in the, like, we spoke about it, a lot of people in it for the wrong reasons. Mm. Yeah. Look, look, look. The strong survive all your whole nine years. Yeah. They're not going anywhere, anywhere soon. <laughs> they're, they're still going to yeah. be about. I've been around for doing my thing. So the strong survive. We're doing, we love this thing, what we're doing. Mm. You know what I mean, Dave? Yeah. you got to be able to... Just, you couldn't be in this business for the wrong reasons before. Now, people are in it for the wrong reasons. So, I mean, fuck everyone. I'm just enjoying this year, mate. <laughs> fuck everyone. That's how you're yeah. signing out. Oh, I love that <laughs> as a sign out. Do you know what? DJs, fuck everyone. <laughs> fuck everyone's 2020. Yeah, I'm just enjoying this year, man. Enjoy this year. I'm enjoying every year. Sick. I'm enjoying every That's year. That's what it's all about. Just, you got to love what you're doing in this thing. You know mm. what I mean? It's not a nine to five. No. It's a 24-7. So when people say to you, you ain't got a nine to five. No nine to five, mate. It's just fucking 24-7. You're a late guy though, aren't you? Because we always speak quite late whenever yeah, we but, talk on the phone. But... When you're doing events like us, mm. it's not it's it's twenty four seven. You can't yeah. switch off. No, you got to carry the momentum. Mm. So uh, yeah, I like to see the right people in the game. These ones that are in the game for the wrong reasons, they they, they, they get out quickly. They'll be gone soon. They'll yeah. be gone. Yeah, like I've seen what you're doing. Um, so you just past five five nine mm. doing your thing, mm. and for the short period of time that you've been around, you've probably learned a lot in the last. Years. I feel you've like I did what was needed to our scene and still adding yeah, regularly. Yeah, you've learned, you've learned, you've learned uh, yeah, and you're, you're, you're still learning, man. 100%. You're still learning, and 100%. What, I like, what I like with, like, just like you, you're growing, yeah. you're starting and growing organically, mm. whatever you're trying to do. Yeah. And you have to appreciate, sorry to cut you, you have to appreciate where you've been. 2015, I was in your rave as a raver. It's yeah. 2020, I played yeah. there. Yeah. You know, you well, have to take a moment to think. You've got an hour this time, by the way. Thank you very much. Need an hour. Love that one. Love that. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, you have to appreciate because obviously, like we said, we're always thinking about the next thing. Yeah. But sometimes you don't enjoy and appreciate how far you've actually come. Yeah. But one thing, once I've, one thing about me, once I've had a successful rave mm. or event, which I've had over the years, countless, mm. I get over it very quickly. Yeah. I find with some promoters and even DJs who've had good sets will mm. carry on talking about it for the next fucking 10 days. Get, <laughs> get fucking over it, for fuck's sake. <laughs> with me, yeah. I'll promote it, how good it was, mm. because that's what you got to do. Yeah, and I've noticed you always drop the date very quickly for your next one. Yeah, I promote it because that's when you got the higher views and yeah. everything and straight away. But I'm over it very quickly. For mm. me, it's history now. Yeah. And I'm also very relieved mm, once yes. the event's finished. Yeah. But I'm very, like, next one. Mm. I've seen DJs gas, they've done a set a month ago, still gassing, like, three weeks later. Still putting video. You need to get over things very quickly mm. and move on. Don't sit here dwelling, mm. like, mm. yeah, you had a good rave, wicked. Yeah. yeah. Move on now. 
What are you doing next? You have to move on. Yeah, I've got to promote four or five days because that's what you got to do. You get your things mm. on sale, blah, blah, blah. Do yeah, all the photos, all of that stuff, videos. Do what you got to do at the end of the day, but get over it. Mm. I find some people don't get over it. Mm. They do, two weeks later. Yeah. Just get over it as quickly as you can and move on because um, you'll have this countless times where you have a good set and you'll, well, I've had great sets. I can't even tell you how many sets I've fucking done. The moment, <laughs> but you just got to move on quickly. Because sometimes you've got to look at things like, you're in a club. The club's got 800 people. You smashed it. Mm. <coughs> Let's work it out now. 800 people. Let's work that out to the population of this country. Okay. Yeah, you're fucking. Well, you get gassed over. <laughs> Fuck you, gassed over. Yes, it's right? such a small dynamic. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like you're playing at a football match where the whole world's fucking watching no, them. No, like, no. Hey, yeah. What are you gassed over? You smashed 800 people last mm. night. Get over it yeah. quickly because when you're walking to Tesco Express in the morning to get your fucking milk, yeah. no one knows you. No one knows you. No one fucking knows you. Yeah. yeah. It's such a big fish in a small pond scenario. No one knows you. And that's... I ask Shannon tomorrow. I speak to him about this all the time, yeah? Yeah. I tell him this all the time. No one fucking knows you. Yeah. But when you're a baller... Mm. And you're, it's difficult because it wasn't, oh, no, yeah, cause yeah. You're, you're, no one knows you. Don't get gassed. Yeah. Too many motherfuckers are gassed out mm, here. Yeah. And that can be a problem, I find, especially with the, on, the whole yeah. online social media thing. This, this over-gassing is just, just, yeah. just allow it. Yeah. Allow the over-gas. Fuck everyone. Yeah, because eight, <laughs> 800 people, population, work out. Yeah. That's just fucking nothing, bro. That's nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Man's driving his black cab, he don't fucking know you down the yeah, street. It's true. Really? I'm with you, I'm with you. Yeah. S, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Max's house, hashtag zero three, signing out with DJ S. Big up everyone for listening. Thank Make you. sure you subscribe on the YouTube. All of that good stuff. We out.